All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Episode 102. Damn it, man, this feels good. For a multitude of reasons, we're in the triple digits now, so we feel I feel like we're like in the verified uh, era now, you know, like when you get like a Twitter verification. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're in that in the podcast world now, man. I'm kind of, I feel like... Feel like we can kind of walk, we got walking around money, you know, like the other guys. You know, I feel like we're in that area now. But more than that, guys, we have, if I'm not mistaken, I, I heard a rumor that there is a Super Bowl to be played on uh, Sunday, mm. a little over, a little, a little less than 48 hours from now, and it involves a team we all three really like. So I'm kind of excited about that as well. But that that is that isn't it. There's also more to it. We have a friend of the show. Good guy. Goes by the name of BJ Kissel. He's joining us tonight as well from Let It Fly Media. Former Chiefs reporter. Just a typical badass. Just a guy that you want to have as a, as, a, as a an ally, if you will, in life and in the world of sports. Really excited to have him, man, and, and getting to get his thoughts and uh, get his vibe of, as, as to how he sees this Super Bowl going down. Knowing good and damn well he was down in Miami last year with the Chiefs as they took on and defeated the San Francisco 49ers in an historic way. We believe that the Chiefs are going to have more history to take on and to achieve this time around as well. And we're definitely going to get to all that in a second. But first and foremost, I want to thank all of our listeners, all the viewers uh, from the live streamers, YouTubers, and our OG podcasters. We want to sincerely thank all of you for making us a part of your routine and your daily routine or your weekly routine, whenever it is you listen to us or whenever it is you watch us, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. We always, always appreciate everything that you guys do for us. We hope that we do the same for you as things in our world are starting to slowly get better. um, We hope that we have helped get you through those tough times. I know this show has been fun for us to get us through some tough shit, and uh, it'll continue to do that, I hope, at least. (laughs) Like, I feel like Eddie more and more every time he gets in here, he's like, God, do I have to do this fucking show again with these assholes? <laughs> he always powers through, and that's why I pay Eddie's, Eddie's salary. Trevor can go fuck himself, but <laughs> it's the Twidwell, it's the Twidwell loins, man. We don't pay each other. You know, we just have to put up with each other. It's, it's, it's a blood thing. You know what I'm saying? So, but um, in all seriousness, though, I, I would be remiss if, if, if I didn't um, directly address what I hate addressing. You know, before the Super Bowl, you, you, you want to talk about the great things and the excitement as I'm clearly uh, speaking to you guys right now. But unfortunately, there is a situation that took place um, late Thursday night of this week, and it involves not only a coach on the uh, Chiefs staff, but the son of Andy Reid, head coach of the Chiefs. And I'm going to just give you guys the verbatim from uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter on the, on the situation. 
Quote, Britt Reed, the Chiefs offense or uh, outside linebackers coach and the son of head coach Andy Reed, was involved in a multi-car accident Thursday night that left a five-year-old child with life-threatening injuries, per the team statement and police report. Chief said in a statement, the organization has been made aware of a multi-vehicle accident involving outside linebackers coach Britt Reed. We are in the process of gathering information and will have no further comment at this time. Our thoughts and prayers are with everyone involved, end quote. I'm going to be honest. I um, I didn't know what to think when I first heard this this um, this unfortunate news. Other than I really hope these kids are okay because according to that report, it's it just talks about one child having life threatening injuries, which is serious serious in itself. But according to other reports that I've been reading from you know reliable sources in can in the Kansas City area, uh, there were multiple children that were injured in this uh, unfortunate accident. Now, we can go into the details as to what took place and how it took place. I don't really know the magnitude of how it all happened or why it all happened, so I don't want to sit here and speculate on it. I just want to give my my early thoughts and my early reactions to it all. I'm, I'm, I'm just sick to my stomach for, for a lot of reasons. And first and foremost and most importantly, I really hope that these children are okay. I, I really do. I, Trevor and I, before we started the show tonight, we're talking about my soon-to-be five-year-old nephew, Jax, you know, Trevor's son thinking about the possibilities of something like that happening to a child that I know and I love dearly. I, I, I don't know if I could live. I don't know if I could go on if something like that was to happen. It would wreck my world. And Eddie, I know Eddie's got a ton of you know kids in his life, his nephews, and he loves dearly. They're around the same age. I mean, this always hits home literally when shit like this happens, especially when also it involves a team that you love dearly. And a person on that team or a person on that staff had something to do with what took place into a young child's life. And I can only hope that the best comes out of this. But what I will say is I hope that everybody, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Dad here, but I hope every single person out there that hears this this portion of this show takes this takes it seriously or takes this into seriousness of how serious it is to drive responsibly. Now, we don't know everything that took place, but there is the report that uh, uh, Britt Reed uh, admitted himself that he had a few drinks, two to three, if I recall exactly what he stated. So I, I don't know if he was drunk. I really hope he wasn't, but the facts remain. There was a severe accident that took place, and a child's life is at risk. If you can do anything to make sure that doesn't happen in your own personal life, please take the measures that prevent such a tragedy from occurring. Eddie, let me get your quick thoughts. Char, I want to get your thoughts as well. I'm with you, man. I don't want to speculate too much on this situation. Uh, I'm gonna let the whole investigation, uh, you know, do its do its thing. I'm not gonna sit here and uh, point fingers or anything. Uh, first and foremost, I just hope the kids are okay. They come out okay. Uh, everybody involved in this accident comes out okay. Uh, that's that's the only only thing I I see right now. Yeah, I mean, not much to add to that, really. Uh... The safety of the kids is obviously the first worry here. Um, the timing of this is terrible. This is not good for you know the psyche of anyone related to to Britt Reed and you know, let alone you know Coach Reed um, in preparation for the biggest game. Um, so yeah, it's uh, as a Chiefs fan, selfishly, yeah, this is this is frustrating going into this big game uh, in two days. Um, hopefully, it's not a distraction, but uh, like but like we've. I'll reiterate that you know the safety of the kids that were involved in this accident is is 
numero uno as far as priorities go and, and, and worries go. So, yeah, man, hopefully this all gets settled. Um, hopefully for Britt Reed's sake, he wasn't intoxicated to a degree where this that caused this accident. Um, there's a lot of, you know, chips to fall and into place and see where everything, you know, is once all this is settled. But, um, yeah, man, it's a shitty situation. Um, just happens to ha- happen at the time that it's happening at, you know, and it's uh, very unfortunate, very untimely. Um, yeah, not really much more to add to that, man. Honestly, it's just the safety is the main thing. The health of is the main thing. Um, yeah. It's well, not much. our hearts uh, are definitely with the families of, of these young children. And I, and obviously yeah. we don't know what's going to take place. We only can hope that these kids are going to pull through and especially this young five-year-old child that has life-threatening injuries. That's, that's the most important part. It does suck as a Chiefs fan. Yes, absolutely. It is uh, a distraction uh, without question. Um, but we, we really hope that in the end of all of this, that this child does pull through and that we uh, hear some good news uh, in the very near future. Um, I will turn uh, to another subject, though, because at the end of the day, we do have a sports show to talk. We have uh, to, a run here, and we're going to talk some sports. And, you know, we all find ourselves in a situation here or there when, when someone is saying something that literally will drive us crazy. You know in yourself that you, you have to put it into it. I'm sure that you guys are saying that about me as as I'm saying this right now, uh, because it's 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 crazy. You know, somebody says something that's crazy and, and it pisses you off, or they they say something that's so outdated and that pisses you off. You know, you have like a you know a grandparent or somebody that you know is from a generation past or multiple generations past that are saying back in my day this was what was great or this is still the greatest, and you're like, there's no way that's the case. And there was a time when folks in the sports world swore that Bill Russell was the GOAT. Well, that was until Big O, Oscar Robinson, Wilt, Wilt and Kareem came around. And then it was MJ, and now it's LeBron, whether you guys want to agree or not. And there was a time when folks swore that Joe Montana was the GOAT. And no one could take that crown until someone got more than four rings. And then Tom Brady did that. And all of a sudden... Folks swore that we had ourselves a new goat. I'm here to put an end to the goat talk because there no longer is one. This Sunday, Tom Brady is entering his 10th Super Bowl appearance. That's simply incredible. And so what if he faced a fourth-string quarterback in the first round versus the football team? So what if his defense forced four turnovers while he threw 199 yards versus the Saints? Who cares if he threw three straight picks and two in the fourth quarter while the Packers didn't capitalize on him by only putting up six points? Brady is headed to numero 10. Who cares if in his first Super Bowl appearance, Brady completed only 59% of his passes, threw only 145 yards? Who cares if Belichick's spy cams held the greatest show on turf to 17 points. Who cares if in his first three Super Bowl appearances, Tom Brady averaged 245 yards with 6.5 yards per attempt, while the Patriots' defense held their opponents to 22 points per game. Who cares if a made-up tuck rule got Brady to his first Super Bowl? Who cares if this then-kicker, Vinatieri, came up more clutch far more than he did? Who cares if he took... Back to back, or uh, took L's to world class quarterbacks like Nick Napoleon Dynamite Foles and the other Manning brother twice. 
Who cares? If Brady's offenses failed to score more than 20 points in four of his Super Bowl appearances, despite going 2-2 two and two in those matchups. Who cares if Brady has never had a defense finish 17th, below 17th overall for an entire season? Who cares if Brady has never won a Super Bowl without a top 10 ranked defense in which he's had eight times in his career? Who cares if Brady spent 20 seasons in the AFC East, which essentially guaranteed him at worst a home playoff game every single postseason? Who cares if he had to destroy a cell phone to keep his reputation intact? Who cares if he had to deflate balls in order to keep an unfair competitive advantage intact? Who cares if he's 5-1 and one in playoff games in which he's thrown for zero touchdowns? Who cares if he's 7-4 and four when he throws for two or more interceptions in the playoffs? Who cares if he's 12-7 and seven in the playoffs with a quarterback, quarterback rating below 85? Who cares about any of these facts? I don't because the GOAT talk is done. Because the GOAT is facing Tom Brady this Sunday. I may have been the first, but I promise you I won't be the last in stating what we all know, but some have a hard time coming to grips with, Eddie. And that's that Patrick LeVon Mahomes is the GOAT. I care that Mahomes has the highest scoring scoring average in playoff history. I care that Mahomes already has by far the most 10-point comebacks in playoff history. I care that through his first seven playoff games, Mahomes has a 3% higher completion percentage, 996 more passing yards, 12 more touchdowns, one fewer interception, and a quarterback rating 27 points higher than Tom Brady's through his first seven. I care that Mahomes has the highest quarterback rating in playoff history, while Brady has the 15th, which ranks behind Joe Theismann, Tony Romo, Ken Anderson, Mark Sanchez, Alex Smith, and Nick Foles. I care that in just three drives in the 2020 NFC Championship game, Brady threw more interceptions than Mahomes has in his seven playoff games. I care that even though Mahomes wasn't otherworldly for the entirety of the 2019 Super Bowl, he not only brought his team back from a 10-point deficit, which ended up winning by double digits himself, but in that game had a higher completion percentage than Brady had in five of his Super Bowls, had more yards than Brady had in five of his Super Bowls, and had more total touchdowns than Brady had in six of his Super Bowls. I care that had it not been for D. Ford lining up offsides on a play Brady threw an interception that would have put the Chiefs in the Super Bowl back in 2018, Patrick Mahomes would have a 3-1 and versus Tom Brady record, and his only loss would have been his seventh career start in which he put up 40 points in New England. I care that in their last five playoff games, Mahomes' completion percentage is 12 points higher, is averaging 30 more yards per game, has nine more touchdowns, three fewer interceptions, and a quarterback rating that's 24 points higher. I care that when it comes to plays that both both are pressured by the defense, Mahomes ranks first amongst all quarterbacks, while Brady ranks 27th. That when pressured this postseason, Mahomes has completed 28% more of his passes, averages nearly two more yards per attempt, has one touchdown to Brady's zero, has zero interceptions to Brady's one, along with a quarterback rating that is 71 points higher than Brady's. I care about these facts because these facts are what separate the all-time greats from the greatest of all time. The only thing Tom Brady has on Patrick Mahomes is time. 
But I promise you all that what's going to take place on Sunday will be merely a preview of what Mahomes is going to continue to raid down upon his competition. You guys ready for a good show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to chime in, boys. Let me know what you guys think about it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, so you, so at this point, you already you already claim that Mahomes is the best of all time. Mahomes, to me, Patrick Mahomes, it's it's for me the goat conversation started maybe five six decades ago. You know, he can't be the greatest of all time yet. He is the greatest of all That's time because awesome. of the fact That's... that in his in his sample size, he has done something that no other quarterback in the history of the NFL has at done. The start of his, he hasn't even completed three seasons yet. You can't claim the guys absolutely. The... Okay, but you can't like we're comparing completed careers to a guy that has the hottest start of all time, no doubt. It's not even close. But if Mahomes gets hurt in this Super Bowl and never is able to play another snap again, you're going to say he's the GOAT. So where's Mahomes ranked all time to you guys? That's We can't really you do can't that yet. So Tom Brady's still playing. He's the GOAT, right? I don't I don't think so. Who's the greatest of all time? I don't like the GOAT discussion, especially with quarterbacks, because football, there's so much more that goes into football. Basketball is different because you affect, you're a player that affects both sides of the field. Okay. When we talk about greatest quarterbacks of all time, sure. I don't think Tom Brady is even remotely close to being the greatest talent. He's a winner. He's had great rosters and great coaching. He's had a lot of scandals. I'm, everyone who knows me knows Tom Brady's not my GOAT. He's by far the most successful. He's got the most hardware. Sure. But I think, I, without a doubt in my mind, Pat is on pace to be the greatest. And he's, he's completely blazing a new trail that's never even been blazed. So how long, does Tom, how long does Patrick Mahomes have to play in order to be the greatest? I'd say, I mean, let him complete a third of his career first. Yeah. Like that for me. I mean, I'm a homer, dude, but like, I'm not even. I'm not there yet. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's impossible to say that. You can't say that. Yet. It, it, that's not logical. That's not a logical argument yet because he hasn't done enough. Yeah, what? Okay, yeah. but when is gonna, when is it gonna be enough? I mean, dude, if he goes on wins three straight Super Bowls, that's, that's then that discussion thing, can definitely yeah. start happening. But he's still got what four more to catch up, or three more to catch up to Brady's as far as accolades, as far as talent. He's the greatest talent I've ever seen, and I think no one really can argue. And that, and that and was he's my, doing things that and no one's okay, ever done. And okay, and that was my argument for Aaron Rodgers being my goat for the longest time. Who right now, honestly, is still my favorite, or still my goat as far as quarterbacks. Um, but even then, Aaron Rodgers has failed in big moments, and just recently did that. So I mean, he's taken a step back for me. But it's, I, I'm not going to put Mahomes as the greatest football. Is greatest. he the best at this moment? Yes, he's the best in the world. He's been the best in the world since he started. He's been the best quarterback in this yeah. league since he started his first game. Not, without a, that's not even close. It's not even close. So I, I just need I need to get definitive answers though. Like what what is like when does he reach the the point where you guys say okay he's the greatest? Like in your opinion, because to me I've already arrived there. I'm seeing something I've never seen before in my lifetime, and I'm hearing people that are twice that's my based, age saying the that's, same but thing. That's purely based off talent. No, no, it's not just based off talent. It's also the results. What does he do? Name me another quarterback in the history of the NFL that's done what he's done. What do, you, what do you mean? He's okay. He's won once a rule. Right. I'm seeing what he's already done. He's six and one in the playoffs. So I know that's team record. I don't even try to go I mean, off that. Aaron Rodgers has the, Aaron Rodgers has a better touchdown to interception ratio career wise, and has the better Rodgers, season, has yes. a better quarterback rating overall. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback rating. No, he doesn't. Time. Deshaun Watson does. That's a small sample size. Dude. I'm talking about this. this oh, it's official in the NFL in all time. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson three has, years, bro. You can't really okay. use that. The sample size of him, can, but it's official. Aaron Rodgers. It's 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 official. Okay, okay but Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl. Right, mm-hmm. he's won a Super Bowl and has the same amount of Super Bowls wins as, as Patrick does. But it's his played num- three times as long, and his numbers are way better than Pat at this. At this, at, why are why are his numbers better in his career? Because he's played longer. He has mm-hmm. a whole career. That's Look, why I said the Tom Brady has, only has time on Patrick. Okay, Pat doesn't have a career to compare to yet. 
He doesn't have a career yet. He's okay. played three, not even three full seasons. So yet. it's it's okay to define somebody in a short sample size as the best player. If currently, you want to sit here and tell me he's the best you've ever seen, and you have you can get a group of people that you know can pump your nads and agree with you and say, yeah, this is the best we've ever seen. Congratulations. But he can't be considered the greatest of all. And time. that's why I'm asking of you guys, all time. What when you say of all time, what does that mean to you? Of all time, you're talking about the past and present players and the careers that have came and gone. Name me the quarterbacks that are better than Patrick Mahomes. I, that's not the point. That's not the point, though. As far as talent. No, I'm just saying in a, in a vacuum, you're going to tell me right now you've seen a quarterback play the position better mm-hmm. than Patrick Mahomes. Okay, but nice. Greatest of all time isn't just talent. It's 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 talent comes with the career. performance. The accolades. The talent career. and performance are two different things. Yes, he's just entering his third postseason in his career. Tom Brady's not even close to the most talented quarterback of all time, but he has better performances than Aaron Rodgers. Sure. And he's obviously that got makes the him most- greater. Sure. Okay, so Patrick Holmes not only has the talent that's unprecedented, but is doing things in a performance standpoint that has never been done. As of right now, dude, but he has a whole... Okay, but I'm saying, if he got injured tonight or tomorrow or in the Super Bowl and never plays a snap again in his career, you're that, still, still going to say I, he's yes, the GOAT. Yes, I've seen enough. I have seen enough of Patrick Mahomes okay. to say that is the greatest player I've ever seen play football. So I, I again, I'm just still waiting for you guys to give me the standards that I should be going off of. This is why that makes no, him the greatest this, ever. This is why the, the goat conversation within quarterbacks is a little frustrating because you can look at guys that have been more accomplished, like Tom Brady, and you can look at guys that are far more talented. Like I even think Tom Tony Romo was more talented than Tom Brady. I think guys like. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Deshaun Watson; these guys are all have way more talent and, their, and more abilities within their game. So, are you saying that there can't be a greatest player of all time? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I, I think we're jumping the gun a little bit. Okay, so who's the greatest player of all time? That's the, that's my problem with this whole argument. Yeah. Because we, we can talk. I think it needs to be decided who's the greatest talent of all time and who's the most accomplished. Because the two aren't always mutually inclusive. No, they're not simpatico. I agree with you. Yeah, right. That's so what I'm saying. That's why this. That's why. That's why I usually try to separate team success you have from to player okay, individuality. To, for me, you have to meet in the middle a little bit. Because Tom Brady obviously is the most accomplished. No one's going to take that away from him. Absolutely. Regardless of all the shit that he's – the scandals and shit that really are a black mark on his career. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was looked at as the greatest talent before Pat arrived. That's why Pat was initially automatically being compared to Aaron Rodgers because they saw a lot of him in there. Because Aaron Rodgers, when he first stepped on the field and started throwing the ball the way he was, it was breathtaking. No one really saw a lot of it like that outside of Brett Favre, but he was way more accurate, obviously, than Brett Favre ever was. Um, and then, obviously, here comes uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, so the talent obviously is goat worthy as far as being the greatest talent of all time, but he has to accomplish more to be considered the overall go- greatest of all time. So how is okay? So my question to you, though, in that form, in that regard, is you said that you believe Aaron Rodgers was the goat to you, to me. Okay, but Ed, Aaron Rodgers hasn't accomplished. The things Eli Manning has. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, that's why I'm saying with football, it's it's frustrating because even you said it. You, you you started naming all the ways that how how Tom Brady had some shitty performances in the Super Bowl and still managed to win because of kickers, because of defenses, because of new rules invented for him to make the Super Bowl, and all these things that worked in his favor outside of his actual doings. Um, so there's a lot of ex- there's a lot of <laughs> external factors that play into. With victories in football outside of just the quarterback. That's Obviously, the quarterback it. is the most. That's why, but I don't think you can simplify. So, by year six, argument. can I say this? If he, I'm just saying, if Pat, I, you, I just if, want to. St- I want year to six, if Pat has three Super Bowls under his belt already. Go so for okay, it. so I have to wait for year six. I I'm just, just saying, get, like, I, I feel like here. you got to let a guy complete at least a third of his career first. But we don't know what his third, a third of his career will be until he's that's done. That's exactly my point. That's exactly. So we have to wait until guys are done to say they're the greatest no, of all time. Is Tom Brady done? 
No, no, and that's it's, what. Okay, that's that was my initial question. It's like, no, how I'm not saying his career's got to be done. I, I want like I want a square of like what you guys are going to say. All four corners are covered as to what makes the player. Okay, but, the you, so you, but you agree with me? He has a lot of careers to catch up with. As far as accomplishments, yes, that's a, that, that's but a major factor, dude. But okay, but accomplishments aren't the the singular so, reason, and that goes right because, back to your your point being right. his talent. By far, Pat is the I, best talent we probably no, ever seen. I basically has I, I explained it. I explained seen. it. I didn't even talk about Super Bowl victories. I don't care, Patrick. But you have to. No, the Super, Bowl, Super Bowl victories are won by teams because in 2018, the Chiefs didn't even get to the Super Bowl because of why? Was it because of Patrick Mahomes? No, it's because of their defense and and a horrible penalty. But you notice okay, they change. Hold on, they change the defensive coordinator. They go and sign Tyron Matthew, trade for Frank Clark. What happens the next year? Nice. Was, was all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes just a better quarterback? You no, you, you can't. You got injured in that AFC championship And then they win a Super Bowl. You got to you got to watch your bias here because in that AFC championship game, you cannot. Just ignore that Pat put up a goose egg in the first half. And then dropped 31 in the second Ex- half. For sure. Why did he have to do that? You can't just ignore the first half of football, bro. I don't care when you score the points. You score the how points do you, in the game. How do you not care? Because they came back three times. He had to come back because he couldn't score in the first entire half. Yeah, okay, the point remains, though. You that's can, still, sure, that's still on. on Pat's head, though. Hold on. So are we going to hold it against him in the, in the Super Bowl if last? Hold on. In the Super Bowl last season, when they had to score 21 points in the fourth quarter to win... We're going to hold that against them because they were trailing almost the entire game? All of it has to be held against them. The yeah, success and the failures. But the comeback is what makes it great, and Pat did it twice. But the Patriots yes, he did it twice. Aiden. He did it twice, but he failed also. How? In the overtime, get... he didn't get the ball. Okay, Lance, why was there <laughs> overtime? Because of the defense. Because we were in a deficit. Because D Ford lined up offside. Lance, 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 you can't, you can't <laughs> ignore an entire half of, first, of, of football. So the defense played well enough in the AFC Championship to win in 2018. Lance, how many points did we allow the Patriots to have in the first half? 14? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good against that Patriots defense, yeah. or that, that Patriots team. The right. defense only allowed two scores in an entire half. They gave up Pat gave up zero. Pat gave us zero points. So let's say, okay, hold on. Let's say the I'm, I'm not saying it's all Pat's fault. Let's say it's 14-14 in the first half. Yeah, you're not hearing me. <laughs> it's 14-14. Hold on. It's 14-14 in the first half. Chiefs still lose 37-31. Does it matter? Yes, we lost. But I'm saying, how are you going to sit here and say that if they're down 14 nothing as opposed to 14-14 and the same result happens at the end of the game, it matters? <laughs> what? You're saying that you have to hold it against Patrick Mahomes that goose no, the I first didn't. half. I didn't say you have to entirely hold the loss against Patrick no, Mahomes. No, you said that, well, he didn't score in the first half. Okay, let's say they did twice. Let's say they had the lead Wait. in the first half. Okay, yeah, say we had the lead. Say Pat goes out there and drops 30 in, 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 the, first, in the first half of the game. And it's a shootout back and forth. And no, and no defense can stop anybody. We still lose. Is it Pat's fault then? No! When is it ever going to be Pat's fault? It's That's what Patrick, I'm saying. You're not seeing your own you bias. To, no, no, in no. your mind, it's never. When is it ever been Pat's it's fault? It's Patrick Mahomes' fault when he's the reason they lose. Lance, he went to an entire half in an AFC Championship game without scoring. And then they scored 31 Because points. we had to, because we were trailing. You had to the whole game. Oh, my God. No, you don't. <laughs> if we had a 30 point lead, he, we had to go score, Lance? If you okay, I'm talking about in the context of the game. Yeah, you're missing the entire context. Yeah, because okay, you're, you're, if it's zero zero, do you have to score? Yes, yes, it wasn't okay. zero you're zero. We were in a deficit because a, we had no sure, points. Of course, like. there's a, an urgency when you're out two scores. Yes, so okay. we didn't have to go score if we had the thirty point lead. My point is, you're going to hold that. Well, of course you had to score. Yeah, of course you had to score. You were trailing. You know, so you're telling me the mindset isn't different when you have a thirty point lead to have, being down fourteen zero. You don't, you, don't think, you don't think there's more of an urgency to score points. Your context is you're focusing on the first half when the end and you're focusing on the second like half. And you're focused only on the second half when sure. we did score. It doesn't matter when you score the points is my point. He scored 31 points and lost a home playoff because game. Because we were trailing by two scores. No, because the defense gave up 37 points. Lance, okay, and but they, Pat obviously figured it out in the second how, half. How, what am I missing here? If they score in every quarter, it makes it a better win? 
Like, who cares if you go eggshell in the first half? You drop who 31 cares? points. If you drop 31 That's... points, the end result is all that matters. Yeah, he came back, but it was it was, it was too it was too short. It was too. That's so it's his fault. But no, he's gave up thirty-seven it, points. No, so you don't think there's any responsibility on Pats for not scoring the first half? Did it look good that they didn't score in the first half? No. Okay, but, but that but, isn't but it, the end result. But it looks so great to you that he scored 31, 31 points in the second half. But it doesn't. That's him not scoring any in the first half isn't a big deal. No, I didn't like it. But the end okay, result so was that he scored thirty to, points dude, in the game. Pat being the quarterback and being the great and the goat in your mind already has to take blame for that first half. How can you not? Again, I didn't say that it's not his fault. Yeah, but you're pulling it like it's not a I'm big deal. I'm saying that the game is what matters, Trevor, all four quarters yeah. and in overtime. If Pat he was the ball in Pat, overtime. If Pat was doing what he's supposed to do in that first half and putting up any points, that overtime, oh, please, would, have, overtime that would have never existed. Oh, oh, oh. So now you're going to sit here and say no, that if Patrick would have scored in the first half, they would have won the Dude, game. You're, you're getting really emotional right now. You're making it trying to you're trying to make me sound like I'm blaming Pat entirely. I'm no, not. I'm so asking I'm a question. But you you're, you're keep you keep negating any kind if of. If they would scored a single had. touchdown, it would have been different in the first half. Uh, going from a two score game to a one score game, that definitely takes some of the pressure off. Okay, if we went into that second half with the touchdown score, we gained momentum going into the second half instead of having to figure it out and start a whole new game in the second half of that game. Yeah, that would have changed the momentum of the game for sure. But we were trailing that entire time. Why? Be- I don't know. I don't understand what you're saying. But you, I mean, do you do you see how you're so quick to blame the defense for getting up points in the second half when our defense held that Super Bowl winning team that had no talent, almost outside of a broke Super down Bowl Gronkowski. winning Super Bowl winning team that put up 13 points in the that Super Bowl. defense that went and Man, shut no. out the Rams. That was one of the best offenses. Exactly. Numbers. You're praising the defense of the Patriots for holding no, the no, Chiefs. No, no. no I'm not just praising the defense. They had a 13 to three victory in the, in the Super Bowl, Trevor. I, I, I'm aware. And the Chiefs gave up 37 points to that same offense. The okay. Chiefs gave up 37 points to the same offense and put up 13 points in the but Super Bowl. But in the Bowl. first half, I'm not, dude, I'm not I'm not even giving praise to the Pats. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes giving us a goose egg in the first quarter, in the first half. You can't just bypass that and talk about that. That is a failure on Pat's part. Pat, if Pat was sitting right here, he would tell you that. If Pat was sitting here, he would tell you that that was a failure. Well, we use all the time in the first segment. I, maybe we can carry it over to the second. That's how Pat something. learned. That's we how Pat get the, became a champ. Bro. We got to get to the Eddie Hour. Um, I am really excited because we also still have BJ Kissel. We're waiting to get a confirmation text from him as far as what he's going to do. We're going to get back to all that after this. Fuck you. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host Lance Cool here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell That's good. and Eddie Ortiz. Yo yo yo! God, <laughs> I really wanted to keep going in that segment, but you know what? That's a whole show. Right? It's probably best because Trevor's brain started to fry up a little bit, and he forgot he forgot his takes. And yep. you know, I don't want to do that to him. But <laughs> no, but um, honestly, I wish to see. Damn it! I wish this would have been a topic that we'd have done on the live stream. 
because I guarantee that thing would be popping right oh, now. Yeah. Damn it. Well, podcasters, do me a favor. Please, 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 please. Hit us. Yes, hit us up. on. We, we post it. We, uh, we pin it on our Facebook page, on Twitter. We give it out on Instagram. If you're hearing this, you heard that first segment, let me know which side you're on on that whole uh, debate Trevor had at the very end. I knew as soon as I asked you guys, what's your thoughts on this? I knew because I could see in your guys' faces when I dropped that opening monologue, you guys had some takes. And he kind of sat back, you know, he just kind of just took the cigar, if you will, you know, just, just chilling. But was enjoying the good uh, <laughs> debate. But you know what? Eddie saved his energy for the Eddie Hour, which is right this very second. So, Eddie, what's going on in the Eddie Hour? All right, man. Uh, I got a few questions for you guys. Let's start with the NBA. Uh, this question was trending on Twitter for some reason. Uh, I guess uh, I want to say Barstool wrote an, art, uh, an article on it. And uh, the question is, should the Knicks build around Julius Randle? Is, is that a serious fucking question? That was question? a serious argument. A serious debate going on on Twitter. Uh, should the Knicks build around him? I mean, the question is, could the Knicks build around him? I mean, I, I, I like Julius Randle. He's a lot. not a franchise His player. numbers are legit. He's putting putting up really, really good numbers this year. He's a very consistent player, very talented, but he's not a star. Uh, he's not a star in this league. So, no, they're going to need – I mean, honestly, what the Knicks have been playing good basketball this year. They really have. They've got good young pieces uh, over there. Um, I think Austin Rivers is over there still right now, too. So, I, he's been, you know, a veteran presence. Yeah. <laughs> It's the Knicks. This is kind of a non-starter, really. I mean, no one I mean, who really cares. Uh, it's still the Knicks. They they need a star player over there, and they may find a good little you, young nucleus over there. You don't think they can make a star a- out of Julius? Absolutely Randall? not. Well, Julius Randle's been in the league for what six, six years? Six years now. Six so years. it's not like he's he's had time. He was decent with the Lakers, and uh, I think he was with the Pelicans. For yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. So he's had good. He's been. A, he's a very talented guy. I'm not going to shit on him at all. He's got game. He's very versatile. He can play numerous positions. He can. He even has a pretty good handle. Um, but not no, he's not a star. They're going to need numerous pieces over there to be. In the up. NBA, in particular, Trevor Knight. We we both know this. In the NBA, you have to have superstars to win. Uh, I think the last team to win an NBA title without a single superstar was the Pistons of 04. and that was because of the fact that they were maybe the greatest defensive team we've ever seen. That defense was giving up like balls. 74 points a game in the NBA. Like, and, and this wasn't like in the 1990s and 1980s. We're talking 2000s where scoring was very much on the uptick, and this defense was shutting people down. Chauncey Billups was a damn good player, uh, and, and, and the Lakers that they faced was on the very end of that whole dynasty. I mean, you're talking about Shaq and Kobe were on the fritz. I mean, they lit, Shaq got traded that offseason. Carl Malone was like 41 years old. Gary Payton was like 39. Yeah. I mean, that team was old. They got there, no doubt, respect, but that was the last team to do it. You have to have a superstar, and Julius Randle is not a superstar. I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar. So if you're trying to win titles, you're trying to win you got to build it around somebody that you know is going to be a difference maker. And I just, I, I think Julius Randle would be, would, on a championship team, Julius Randle would be a good number three, like a Chris Middleton type of guy, where he's just consistent 18, 19 points a game, gives you eight to nine rebounds, shoots around 45 to 48%. That's a really good player to have on a championship team, not your number one guy. Yeah. So, no. Okay. Uh, let's stay with NBA on this next question. Uh, so, we all saw the whole LeBron James and the. Uh, yelling back and forth with some fans. Uh, I know NBA is allowing some fans back in the stands in uh, some arenas. Uh, so my question is, should the NBA uh, have uh, fans courtside during this pandemic, or should the NBA just get rid of courtside for good? 
I, yeah, I've never really actually I've never really been a big fan of the whole courtside um, fan thing because I feel like unlike other sports, and I mean like literally every other sport out there, uh, the fans have way too much interaction with the players in the NBA. Now you can say that you know there's legendary moments like Spike Lee with Reggie Miller that that's an all time thing, but there's for one of those there's 150 bad situations where you have guys getting ejected and you have you know fans and players contacting each other. Remember Malice in the Palace talking about the Pistons? That was an shit. outlier. Though. I'm just saying. Okay, but the same as the outlier with Reggie Miller like and Spike Lee. Love that shit. We did as fans, <laughs> yes, but it puts it puts athletes and quite frankly fans in danger. I've never really been a big that fan. That will never happen again. I'm, I know that. I'm yeah. saying that the the whole courtside aspect, because what we just saw with LeBron James in that situation was utterly stupid. That should have never happened. LeBron James told the lady to shut the hell up. She looked like a Tupperware with blonde hair. I mean, it was it was disgusting. But um, her husband, if you notice, just a little side note, you notice he was just sitting the fuck down and shutting the fuck up because yeah. he knew better well, when it came down to yeah. yeah, that guy's been a, a, a long-time Atlanta fan courtside season ticket holder. I fucking his, I love his, it. his wife got froggy and decided to jump it. ship on that. But, no, look, I, I, it is fun. It is entertaining. I'm just saying from a safety aspect – it's it's unlike any other sport. Baseball, you don't have that kind of interaction. Football, you definitely don't have that kind of interaction. Because imagine football players going up in the stands and having a malice in the palace. That'd be fucking violent as shit. It just it, it, hockey, fuck hockey. They get barricades, man. They ain't letting you get next to those dudes. Those dudes will little eat you on the on the ice. It, it, I just I've never been a fan of it. I, but to answer your question about the pandemic side of things, look, it, as long it's like it's like anything else, entertainment wise, like the movie theaters are opening up and things like that. If if you're vaccinated, if you're max, if you're masked up, if you're socially distancing, you're 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 in a safe environment where you're not like going to put anybody at risk, especially the players. And the NBA feels cool with it. I'm good with it because I mean, at the end of the day, these teams need to start making some money. You start selling some tickets in courtside, which by the way are fucking expensive, no matter who it is on the franchise side of things. Atlanta Atlanta Hawks, I'm sure their season tickets are insane, and they're not a good team. So. I, I would. I, I don't have a problem with it in, in its entirety. I just really hope that they're being safe about it because we saw in the bubble zero positive tests because they were on complete lockdown. We've seen teams having to cancel entire weeks of, of their schedule just because of COVID scares. So as long as they're good, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, as far as the COVID stuff goes, I mean, they're, they're definitely going to follow whatever protocol they need to for fans to be there and be that close to the court and, you know, happen to be able to, you know, jaw jab with the players. As someone who's played basketball my whole life, uh, and there's there's a uniqueness to trash talking basketball. There just is. I mean, you're up and down the floor. You're 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 chest to chest, shoulder to shoulder with these guys. You know, every play up and down the floor. You know, the you, the, the 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 banter in basketball is just unique to pretty much any other sport. Because even football, you know, you're separated a lot of times. You go to your sidelines. Basketball, it's you're, you're it's constant, right? And and that goes for fans too. So fans, you know, sideline. I love it honestly. I personally love. I love the whole situation with LeBron. Even LeBron was entertained by it. Even LeBron said he loved it. He said he misses. He misses actually. He misses having that. That and we saw just a couple weeks ago when LeBron was getting you know chirped at by that guy in Cleveland. And LeBron went out there and dropped like twenty one in the second half and shut that game down. So it, that I think players love that chatter. I mean, we've seen situations like it was like obviously like you said malice in the palace. So it was it's just terrible. Uh, but we've even seen bad situations too with like. Russell Westbrook having a couple run-ins with some racism and you know trash talk that was crossing the line and things like that, being called boy and stuff like that. That's that's not okay, and people should be um, um, taken out of the games. But at the same time, you know, people that pay that money to be on the sidelines, they sh- they should have they, have they have the right to be there, right? So, um, and like I said, as someone who's played basketball my whole life and just, just you know the, the trash talk, shit talk, and the in the YMCA's and the gyms and the boys and girls clubs, that's what makes the game fun. You know, it can add you, it can add a little spark to you. Um, as a player, so I love it as a fan. 
And as someone who, you know, soaks up a lot of uh, basketball, um, I think it's a big part of actually basketball being in, in adding to the uniqueness of the sport. So I'm cool with it, honestly. Do you guys, real quick, did you guys hear the, the news uh, coming out of Chicago? Uh, according to Je- George Offman, I think I believe that's how you say his name, he's a host of a podcast called Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Works for uh, WGN, NPR, The Score. Basically, this guy is known in Chicago. According to what he's saying, uh, he's hearing that the Eagles won at least two first-round picks mm-hmm. and a player for Wentz, and the Bears are interested. Yeah, I was reading. Okay, that. I just want to make yeah. sure that was reported a couple hours ago. I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. So we don't have to like speculate on. I just wanted to throw that on the air. That's an interesting spot for him. That's a very interesting. The Colts spot. will be the best ideal spot for him. But yeah, that's also another really good. The Bears is a team that's ready to win. So. Yes. I didn't know how serious that was. I was like, I'll, I'll just hold off. That's a lot for Wentz, though, to be honest. Yeah. That is a lot. But, I mean, he is only, what, 26, 27 yeah, years old? Talking, but he might be broken. It's, it's an injury-prone player. Well, not just injury-prone. I think it's more mental with him. Yeah. I think, God, he, I think he might be mentally done. broken. Oh, man, we haven't but, talked. I mean, change of scenery can be – I know this, be is good. A, this is a separate topic, but yeah. change of scenery can be huge for him for sure. Can be. Okay. So, NBA should keep uh, courtside t- uh, court yeah. seats. I'm fully for it. I'm not big about it, but if they – like I said, as long as players are safe and uh, fans are safe. All right. Now we're going to baseball. So news broke this uh, earlier today around 2 o'clock. Uh, Trevor Bauer, Cy, Cy Young winner, has signed with the Dodgers. Uh, does this help the Dodgers solidify their roster for a repeat? Significantly. Significantly. You want to talk about the rich getting richer. I mean, this is this is the equivalent of, let's say, this is running back let's, say let's say like Allen Robinson signs with the Chiefs this offseason and they keep everybody. That is literally what that's like. The Dodgers just won the, the World Series finally with all the talent they had. They just added Mookie this last offseason with David Price. And now you're adding Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is not the best pitcher in the league, but he is he is damn good. And he is going to solidify, and it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Clayton Kershaw as he starts to age. Uh, Trevor Bauer is right in the middle of his prime, if not right at the end of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think the Dodgers have to be the favorites. They really have to be the favorites. They it's, got, it's they similar to that team. It's similar to when the Chiefs went and signed Le'Veon Bell. When everyone thought Le'Veon Bell was, I mean, because I know Le'Veon Bell still he's probably towards the end of his, his mm-hmm. career and, and towards it was his prime, mm-hmm. but I still think he's like towards the you know uh, he's on top of the hill, kind of getting ready to tumble down. Uh, but that, yeah, that's similar to me as far as running it back. That's I mean one of the better guys you can go get. That's you know that knows what he's doing. He's been in big moments and has succeeded and has had a great career, Hall of Fame career. So, yeah, I mean, how could you not love that as, as, as a Dodgers fan? That's definitely a, a running back material there. Okay. Now we're going into the NFL. Could you see Trevor Lawrence tell the Jaguars no? Yes, I could. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I definitely could see it because think about it, man. 35, almost 40 years ago, John Elway told, uh, I believe it was, was the Colts at that time, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. He told, I'm not going, I'm not playing for you. Magic Johnson in the NBA told the Bulls, I'm not going to you. Eli. Eli Manning told the Chargers, get fucked. They drafted him, and then they trade him for Phillip Rivers. Which, <laughs> for the record, I think Phillip Rivers was clearly the better quarterback. He just didn't have the – or whatever. We'll go off that another time. The point is, Trevor Lawrence has all the power here. He can literally tell the Jags, I'm not going to you. Well, I Jags, do think he's going there. I, the Jags I, could draft him and trade him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, yeah, absolutely if could. anything, at the – that would be the best move probably for the Jags to do. Right. I don't think the Jags are going to do they that. They could probably accumulate more picks that way. Yeah. Because, honestly, the Jags, they're not good. Let's just clarify this. It's not a good spot. It's not a good spot. It's a clean canvas, though. I will say they that. They have a fuck ton of yeah, cap space. I mean, that could be, it, could be, it could be a great spot. And if, I don't if believe in Urban Meyer. If you want money, I guess. Well, yeah. And think about it. For Trevor Lawrence, this is also an opportunity. You can look at it this way if you want to be optimistic. This could be He could be the guy to resurrect and, and make that franchise finally into something. And it's a good destination. 
I mean, you're in Florida. It's warm all year round. You know, you're playing. I mean, I know there's some. Well, they they might end up in London, though. That's the thing, Trevor. You got to remember. Huh? They, they might end up in oh, London. Yeah, they, if, if they just, just kinda... Their owner, Khan, just bought that big-ass stadium up there. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in London. So That, that, that could be a big turnoff for him, you know. But. Yeah. I don't know, man. Urban Meyer, do we really know he's going to be a good coach in the I don't NFL? Know. I don't yeah, think so. I don't so. know Trevor Lawrence's. Yeah, it's true. That's a big – there's a lot of ifs. But like it's I said, big, it's, yeah. sometimes a blank canvas can be exciting, but also a, that is a proven winner and wants to come into the league and take the league by storm and, and win. And his lost two games in his college career, and both of them were in the championship games. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he wants to come in and, and succeed right away, and that's not really going to be the spot. That's going to be a work-in-progress situation. Um, so, yeah, him wanting to go somewhere to win automatically would be ideal for him, but – yeah, if he had a choice to, let's say, hey, you can go to the Jaguars or literally any other team, are you taking yeah. – which one are you taking? I guarantee he's taking the other 31. Yeah. All right. Next question. I'm sure this is going to get uh, Lance fired up a little bit. Oh, what doesn't? <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on the Brett Favre comments on uh, Deshaun Watson. I- I'm honestly baffled, and, and this is this is from my perspective of I'm, nothing shocks – me when it comes to Brett Favre these days. I mean, it's really unfortunate because Trevor and I both grew up idolizing Brett Favre, Trevor even more than me, but I loved Brett Favre. I mean, in a lot of ways, he was Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes, the way he could create and throw the ball and insane angles and all over the field. He was he was so amazing, and not even mentioning the fact the dude played damn near 300 straight games. That is just stupid amazing and un- unprecedented in its own regard. But when it comes to Brett Favre, this is why you have to separate athlete from person sometimes. Because my God, you're gonna you're gonna find the person of the athlete to be just disgusting in some regards. And and Brett Favre, and for anybody that hasn't heard or saw, seen, rather read the comments of what he said in regards to Deshaun Watson and what he needs to do, it it, it just doesn't even make sense just from who it's coming from. Because if we recall Brett Favre when he's t- sitting here telling Deshaun Watson, you just need to go and play. And, and the best part, my favorite part of the entire statement was him saying, I think we make too much money to have an opinion. Coming from the guy who held the Packers at, at, literally hostage for years before even retiring, then tried to come back after retiring and putting them in a situation where they had to cut him to make him look like the bad guy. Because Aaron Rodgers was Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is 25, 26 years old, ready to go. Now, his situation was different and than Deshaun's, obviously. I, I, obviously, my point, though, is he retired but three times and made it. He was, the, he was one of the first diva quarterbacks in NFL history and made a scene about everything. It was always about him, private jets to New York, private jets to Minnesota to, to give a fuck you to the Packers. I mean, this dude has always been that guy. And then he wants to sit here and talk about, I don't think I think we make too much money to have an opinion, while he's forming an opinion about an opinion. I think his grief is with Deshaun, that Deshaun just signed that contract. And Brett Favre never really broke a contract. He retired and wanted to come back and thought he'd still have his job, and Aaron Rodgers already took it. That's a different scenario. I, I just think the biggest issue is here, and I'm, I'm going to completely separate the player from the person here because Brett Favre's player as a player was near and dear to my heart and still is. One of the first football jerseys I ever owned. Um, but uh, Brett Favre, the person, this, he's just pure. It's, once you break all this down, he's just disconnected. This guy's a farm boy. He's out doing his own thing on his, his ranch. And, you know, he's, he's very separated from the culture of the game now. It's completely changed. He's just, this is just a disconnected comment. He's just not – he's not integrated into this culture of the game anymore. The game has changed. It is very uh, individualized now. Football and sports in general is very individualized. And, and the NBA has been the, the trailblazer of that, bringing individuality to, to athletes and seeing them as human beings first before products, right? So 
Brett, and Brett Favre's just not used to that. Brett Favre's just not used to that. He, a lot of these old heads are just not – they don't understand that part of it because they're not, in, they're not entrenched in the game like that. Some of these guys are. There's still some talking heads that, that understand. Um, a lot of them happen to be African-American talking heads that understand this um, because they've, you know, they've been using the views that way with the shut up and dribble stuff and this is not a shut up and play type of scenario with, you know, the comments coming out about that. But I just think Brett Favre is very disconnected to this, man. I think he's very disconnected and, and far away and – from the outside looking in comments. That's all this really is. I see he's kind of talking out of his ass. I think he was asked some questions and he spoke his opinion. I don't think his opinions really should hold any weight, honestly. He's not. Yeah, it's about as ignorant as it comes. I mean, who is Brett Favre to the NFL anymore? I know he's like a legend. legend? Yeah. No, 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 I know that. But like, who? I love Brett Favre, but who cares? Like, I, I think this is getting blown way out of proportion than it should be. Like, who, Brett Favre said something cool. Well, Brett Favre has put, been, been well, consistently putting his feet in his mouth not, for a while. Well, let's not act like Brett Favre hasn't had some touch with the NFL. I mean, he's at the Buccaneers game with for Tom Brady. I'm just saying he has culture. a podcast that talks about football. Yeah. He has Aaron Rodgers on his show. Let's not pretend like he doesn't still have communication with players, coaches, things of that nature. But I, yeah. Because it, it doesn't even end there, though. Because now, I don't know if you guys heard, Carson Palmer came out today. That was my next I didn't hear about that. Yeah, okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry, Eddie. I don't want to interrupt you. I don't want to take that. Oh, you're good. Uh, Just want to get your thoughts on the whole Carson Palmer on Dak Prescott saying to take a pay cut uh, (laughs) and to – to, to stay accountable. This is what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, like, but. look, if you're going to come out with an opinion and I don't agree with it, that's fine. But at least know what the hell you're talking about and don't be a guy that has his own past that I can bring up. Right. Because I did that with Carson Palmer, too. There's a double standard definitely going on. Carson here. Palmer literally, with the Bengals, held out, did not play until they traded him. He used his leverage to get the hell out of Cincinnati. Are we really going to control the marketability of Carson Palmer to, to Deshaun Watson no, or to that's my Jack point. Prescott? No, that's my point, though. Yeah, these guys carry he, more weight than those guys. He's, literally, sorry, saying, Favre, he's literally saying what I read from Carson. Correct me if I'm wrong. He literally said this. Dak should take less because yeah. he plays for the Cowboys. Look, look, how stupid. I'll say this right now. No other man should be talking about another man's Thank pocketbook. You. Get your hand out of another man's wallet, bro. That's not your place. Thank you played, you. you retired. Trevor, I think you should go work for UPS, not FedEx. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, what the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, honestly, it's embarrassing for Carson Palmer because, like I said, are we really going to compare the marketability of, of Carson? No doubt. But Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott are better players. I think we all know that. I think we all know. I think at this point they're better talents, and they're very they're much more marketable. And besides the fact you shouldn't be telling another player, especially someone who should be encouraging these guys to go get as much money as possible because security because this game is you're you're it's a you know a blip. You're in and you're out. The average lifespan of a football player is three years. I just don't remember them saying these things about Matt Stafford or Derek Carr. Any of these guys getting? I wonder. Hmm. Just it's just kind of coincidental to me that. You know, these two black quarterbacks are, you know, got one got a payday. Honestly, though, I And I is do, sick of the bullshit, and, and the uh, other's about to get a payday. Are you happy about and, those comments made by uh, Carson Palmer? And owner. Jerry and Jones. Yeah, and, and this all, and honestly, <laughs> and if, if you want to talk about the key cog here, it all comes down to money. Right? This is a lot of this, and I'm going to say it, a lot of this is jealousy from these old players that did not make this much money in their day. Because the, the game is much more marketable. There's way more money in football. Oh, you, should, you should hear baseball players. Those guys from the 70s and 80s, and, they and hate players. players. No, yeah, so this goes beyond the NFL. Yeah. This is all sports. Sports makes way more money now yeah. because of TV deals, yeah. marketability, also, sponsorships. It's, it's madness. And you gotta, you got to also add inflation. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes' contract. You think these guys 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, were even dreaming of money like this? You think Tom Brady was dreaming of money like this? 
that's going to make triple the amount Tom Brady ever made in his career, probably. You know what I mean? So, and his first contract's more than Brady's probably ever made. Just think about that. These guys, there is jealousy there. That is a massive factor here. You know, and besides the fact of Brett Favre, you know, he, he, he underachieved in his career. He's one of the greatest by far, but he massively underachieved in his career. And he jumped from team to team, tried to, tried to chase a chip, and he never got it. There's a lot of dreams that these guys are chasing that they will never accomplish. And they want to talk about these young guys that are trying to make their, you know, develop generational wealth for their families. They're going to tell them to take less money. When at any moment, we just saw a Dak Prescott, at any moment, you can have a career-ending uh, injury. And you're going to tell them to take less money? Get your hand out of these other guys' pockets, dude. It's bullshit. That's what it all comes down to. Absolutely. If you if you have a question or an opinion on it, that's okay. But have an informed opinion. Understand the situation of these players because even though you're right, Trevor, the marketability is different these There's days. There's so much more money. These guys have been in these situations, though, to some degree. They're both all-pro quarterbacks. One's a Hall of Famer for sure. Carson Walmer had an incredible career. Yeah. And they both got paid. Yep. So it's like you guys know you leverage. That's why you hire agents. That's why you have teams for your team. Like you have people speaking for you to the team to negotiate. You're going to tell me right now Carson and Brett Favre didn't try to take the biggest dollar amount they could get? Whatever team they played for? Of course they did. Why do you think Brett Favre kept coming back? And it's funny because Brett Favre used to say, I'd play for uh, I'd play for free if I could, my Wranglers. <laughs> no, he didn't play for free. That's the point. If you could play for free, why didn't you play for free, Brett? Because you like money, right? Yeah, so does Dak Prescott and Sean Watson. So stop talking about their money. That's what, that's well, what you're and, and a lot about. of all this goes down to, too, if you want to talk about it, the, the, these players you know, staying faithful to their contracts and to these franchises when these franchises have never been co- uh, uh, you know, faithful to these players. If, if, they, if, 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 a, if a better deal came to the Texans that worked in their favor to, to get rid of Deshaun Watson in a massive haul in return, they would do it in a heartbeat. Right, but they don't want to get rid of Deshaun because they know he's a superstar and he's going to put asses in the seats. He's more valuable to him to that franchise than that franchise is to Deshaun Watson. But let's say Deshaun Watson tears his ACL again, right? And they find a clause in the contract yep. and they can get out of it. You don't think the team's doing that? Yeah, it's all a double a business, standard, man. Dude. Yeah, and I hate these bootlicking dudes for these teams. They, they you be about the team. Well, and that's, and dude. They, that's got a, they got a chaplain and both of these, and both of these quarterbacks have to be black quarterbacks in Texas. Thank you, just, man. That, that, that's be real, bro. Thank you. I'm just saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of weird how Matt Stafford didn't get this type of criticism for taking top dollar with the Lions and now what's out two right, years right, later. Right. Or Derek Carr, you know, getting that big contract. And then, oh, what do you know? The Raiders are talking about potentially trading Derek Carr. Why don't you guys defend that? Why don't you guys sit here and talk about why the Raiders need to be faithful to Derek Carr? It's just funny how this shit – it's not yeah. consistent, It sucks that, ha- that that has to be correlated, but the correlation is there nonetheless. You can't ignore it. It's You can't ignore it. A fun question for you guys. What would you guys do if you guys had uh, Lionel Messi money? See, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say, why doesn't Brett Favre and Carson have Lots a, of an opinion on Lionel Messi <laughs> with his $12 billion contract? Lots of whores. <laughs> <laughs> Two chicks at the same time. What was it $670 million for four years? Ugh. You tell me. He man. was already like, stupid wealthy. I mean, now it's like – this guy. He is literally Woody Harrelson in Zombieland. When he's crying and he's wiping it with yeah. cash. <laughs> that is literally Lionel Man, Messi, bro. Yeah. They, they were breaking down his contract and he makes roughly $14 million a month. Like what? Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. He wipes his ass with Benji's, bro. Straight wiping. He's got a he's got a Benjamin bidet. Hold on, you said shooting, <laughs> shooting bidet, shooting bro. Benji's up in his ass. You gotta get that down. You gotta get that. You gotta get that patent, bro. You said $14 million? Uh, over a month? Yeah, a month. Jesus, Jesus Lord. Christ! That is that's a blessed that's, man. That's, that's, that's 168 million a year. Jesus Christ! You can become dude. a eunuch and still get all the ladies. <laughs> God, man, he could own probably MLS if he wanted yeah. to. 
Well, without question, you're making 168 mil a year. Sold the soul to the devil. Yeah. Get yeah. on Carson Palmer and Brett well, Favre. Just so you but know, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take that. I mean, just so you know, the franchise is going broke because of it. They can no longer Jesus. afford his contract. He's worth it. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you just buy him? Yeah. yeah exactly. They can no longer afford his contract that they literally been like laying people off Christ. to be able to afford his contract. He's been doing cuts here and there just to be able to this afford is gonna be his him contract. On the field he only won one World Cup. You know? <laughs> they had a chance to get rid of him last season. And they told him, we're going to see you if you, if you leave. Mm. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That was yeah. ugly. That was like, really because he actually was like demanding yeah. to get out. Yeah, and then he was, getting, he was trying now, to do him a favor. Now you're crying like because you can't pay the man. Yeah, <laughs> like you should have let him go. <laughs> he would have been doing you a financial favor. That's a bad. Yeah, you're about to go fucking belly up. That's, yeah, exactly. that's a bad marriage, bro. Yeah. All right, that's Oof. it. Good stuff, Eddie. Shit. I liked it, man. Oh yeah. Trevor and I weren't uh, two piecing each other at the end of this segment. I almost feel like it's wrong. You know, yeah. like we should be doing this more. Yeah. Right? We need a BJ break. <laughs> we need a BJ break. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, BJ Kissel is uh, on his way, guys. We promise you. Um, oh, BJ McKiss. Yeah, he's, uh, he, is, he is ready to – I think he's ready to go. I'm going to try to check with him again. But, man, I cannot wait to get his thoughts. Last time he was on the show, man, we had incredible talks about Andy Reid, his stories about being with the Chiefs. I, I do want to revisit – his experiences on the uh, Super Bowl Sunday last season uh, in Miami. There's a famous picture of him going crazy when Sammy Watkins catches that pivotal oh, uh, first down. Yeah, was he absolutely baked Richard Sherman. Uh, I want to get uh, BJ Kissel's uh, thoughts on the differences between this uh, Super Bowl from last year, if he's more confident. I'm going to ask him a myriad of questions, man, to get his thoughts on all things Chiefs-related, because, my God, guys, we are less than 48 hours away from this big-ass game, and I am so fucking excited because we're going to give our thoughts as well as how we see this game going down. Can't wait to hear Eddie picking the Bucks like he uh, picked the Bills. So, uh, <laughs> But we're going to get to all that, guys. I promise we're going to open the Monday mailbag, hold the cell. we got a lot left for you guys, so stay tuned. Get ready because we have a lot of show left for you. We'll get back to that after this. KC Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at KC Hemp Co. Hey, yo. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell What's good? and Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. We genuinely, genuinely thank our guy BJ Kissel for coming on the show. Uh, we appreciate all his information, all of his intellect. Man, I cannot wait to get him back on the show. He's easily one of the most informed uh, and mild-mannered, I might add, uh, individuals when it comes to Chiefs football, when it comes to Twitter. Uh, I, I definitely admire his patience uh, with people as a whole. It's something I definitely have to learn because I'm so quick to – jump the gun and get upset about things. He always teaches me how to be patient and calm. And when I see things that frustrate the shit out of me on social media, but that's definitely a guy you want to follow. Let it fly BJ. That is his uh, Twitter handle. You definitely hit him up and uh, let it fly. Media has been absolutely killing it. I love the Dearness uh, Johnson story they had uh, just a couple weeks ago from the Browns. That story was awesome. I definitely recommend you go and check that out as well. So we need to give you guys our thoughts on this uh, little Super Bowl we got going on. Super Bowl 55. Chiefs are getting back in the swing of things in the running back tour this week. Uh, they had their media obligations to fulfill. And 
You know, I, I try not to pay attention too much to the Chiefs media um, conversation that I see and, and, and what I hear. But I feel like there was a couple things that I couldn't help but feel like they were they were noteworthy uh, conversation pieces coming into this game. And real quick before we give you guys our predictions on how we see this going, a couple things actually wasn't even on the Chiefs side of things that I, that I couldn't help but pinpoint was – now Mike Rimmers, okay – he is now the Chiefs' left tackle moving forward going into Super Bowl 55 due to Eric Fisher tearing his Achilles last uh, against the Bills. And if anybody remembers Mike Rimmers, he was actually the left tackle for the Carolina Panthers back in 2015 when they went to the Super Bowl and faced the Denver Broncos. And Mike Rimmers did not have a good game. Mike Rimmers actually gave up three sacks in that game. Two of them were strip sacks. And one of them was the famous play that Cam Newton never jumped on the ball and everyone criticized Cam for. Mm. So Mike Rivers has not been good at the Super Bowl level, uh, at least at left tackle. So there's a lot of demons to exercise for Mike Rivers in this upcoming game. Well, Mike Rivers was brought up to one uh, JPP uh, and, and and Pierre Paul from the from the Buccaneers, and they asked him, you know, what is your thoughts on the the Mike Rivers situation for you and the matchup. And JPP decided to act as if he didn't know who Mike Rimmers was. And we all know better than that. He, but he he downplayed that. And for me, I felt like that was single-handedly the stupidest thing that, that any Buccaneer player could have done. And on the flip side, if the Chief player would have said that about a player that they were going up against, let's say Tyree Kill, they asked him, hey, how do you feel about a rematch with Carlton Davis? You know, you played really well against him last time. Who's that? I don't even know who that is. You don't want to give fire, and you don't want to you know fan the flame of your opponent at don't this fire level. Fire Mike Rimmers, and, 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 and well, you saw the way Mike Rimmers took the high road, but you can tell in his tone that that gave him something. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a guy like Mike Rimmers needs that something because you you can't sit here and tell me that Rimmers is feeling abruptly confident knowing what he experienced last time. He's motivated because he knows what he's protecting. It's Patrick Mahomes. But when you get something like this as a competitor, you can't help but say, that's what I needed. That's what I needed. Now, am I going to sit here and say that Mike Rimmers is going to shut down JPP? No, I'm not saying that. But this is going to be that little extra that Rimmers could use to revitalize and redeem. Yes, because we see these stories all the time in sports. You know, NFL films, I can just see it now in five years. Just next year, we see them talk about the Mike Rimmers redemption. You know, the Rimmer's redemption where he sucked ass in Super Bowl, what was that, 49? 50, I'm sorry, yeah, thank you. Super Bowl 50, sucked ass, horrible. Maybe it was a key cog to why they lost that game. And then he becomes the, one of the big reasons the Chiefs win Super Bowl 55. I think it's poetic and I love it. I think that's going to be a great thing. But see, I, I want to I go around the table real quick because I feel like, and I'm just going to come out and say it right now, guys. I genuinely feel so much more confident this time around than last time. Obviously, I believe the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl last year. I think we all did. We all picked the Chiefs. We all felt very comfortable they are going to win that game. But matchups are a thing in all sports. It comes down to matchups. The San Francisco 49ers were a great matchup for the Chiefs. That team had every ability and every skill set to beat the Chiefs in that game. They were a worthy opponent. Damn near the most complete team we've seen in the Super Bowl in a long time. They could have very well won that game. Chiefs beat them by 11. 
Now I'm looking at this matchup this time around. The Chiefs are a better team from last year to now. They have a better running back. Their offensive line's banged up, sure. Their defense is better. Juan Thornell's healthy. Shit, we're better since November when we played the Bucks. Tyron Matthews playing peak football. Chris Jones is playing peak football. Frank, Frank, playoff Frank is back. Dan Sorensen's having the best year of his career. That's just on the defensive side. Chris Jones wants to eat Tom Brady's children. Yeah. Travis Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are playing as the greatest duo we've ever seen. And then you get Watkins back. And then you get Sammy Watkins back. Playoff Watkins, possibly. My, My my point in this is the Chiefs got better, and they're facing an inferior opponent. The Bucks got better as well. The Chiefs went into the Super Bowl last year as not the better team. Now, they were the favorites to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because they had the better quarterback. Oh, yeah, they were definitely the better But they were not the better oh, team. No. no, they weren't. Not not nationally. They weren't looked at as the better team no. last year. Even, even, even in uh, statistical, I don't think they were the better no. team. No, outside of our offense being better. Our offense was better. They, they, I think the, the, the scoring per game was pretty close last, last year, but that defense was by far is what put the, the Niners over the top as being the better, quote-unquote. Not to team. mention the weapons they had, too. I mean, they had they had Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, freaking George Kittle. And, I mean, Mostert, it showed for three quarters they were the better team. Debrita, they had an inc- yeah, incredible had a offensive line. Game was right. Kyle Shannon was one of the best match matchup Super, yeah. Super Bowls in a while. And now I look at the Bucs team, and, and I'm not trying to disrespect the Bucs, but let's just, let's just be contextual about this. The Buccaneers made it. Because of the fact that the NFC was having a very down year. Let's just call it for what it is. I'm not trying the to doubt. Bucks, the Bucks are going to be the second best team we played in the postseason so far. Yeah. Well, Bills, you, the, you can the make, Bills are the better team. You can oh, make, yeah. Yes, that's without question. Right. But you can make the case that the Browns are just as good as the Buccaneers. I won't say that. I'm not saying that they are. I'm no. saying that they both had the same record. Yeah. The Browns had a tougher schedule. Yeah. They beat more playoff teams this year. They beat the shit out of the Steelers in the playoffs. I don't think. I just don't think they're the, the better team. The, the, the bucket. And my point is this: yeah. is that it's this close. I, I can see it's that. It's close. No, I can see that. Yeah, I, I, see I, that. I, I, I think the Bucks are the better team. Just chop the bottom. Fair I think. Enough. I think they. Prefer- but, but, but to your point, yeah. Comparison wise, in playoff teams, I can see the comparison to the Browns. To your point, though, they are not the best team the Chiefs are going to face this year. The Niners were without question the best team the Chiefs faced in the playoffs yeah, last season. They were the worst. Team that they could have faced in that fucking Super Bowl. So now one of the best defenses of all time last yes, year, guys. Yes, like that's, that, not, that's, that's not downplay that. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was the worst team the Chiefs yeah. could have faced in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 100% correct. Now I look at this and see what I think the Buccaneers are, and maybe you guys will think this is wrong. I'm going to go out and say it. I think the Buccaneers are the NFC's version of the Baltimore Ravens. What I mean by that is, obviously, Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady are completely different types of quarterbacks, hmm. but they both have their own resounding limitations. Tom Brady is completely immobile and is terrible against good defenses and good teams. And that is good. And he's one of the worst against the Blitz. 100%. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, we all know, can't throw between the, you know, the lines, can't throw downfield accurately, chokes in the playoffs. So there's quarterback limitations, right? The Buccaneers have an incredible defense when it comes to blitzing. So do the Ravens. That is their strength on defense. Okay? If you look at the way the Chiefs handle the Ravens each and every time, if you watch the way, go watch the film again on Week 12, Chiefs versus Bucks. It's on our TV right now. And they actually didn't blitz that much in that game. Exactly. But it's the same exact style of defense. Great up front, but have some questions in the secondary. More on the Bucks than the, than the, than the Ravens. They slowed down the blitzing in the second half to play a little more soft zone. Yes. Yeah. Tyreek was and just... Both the Ravens... He was eating them alive. Yeah. yeah, both the Ravens and Bucks feasted on an inferior opponents this yeah. year. Feasted. But when it came down to facing legitimate competition, we saw what happened. <laughs> the Buccaneers got to the Super Bowl 
because of the fact that when they finally faced a worthy opponent, which, by the way, the only worthy opponent they faced in the playoffs yeah. was the Packers, who they owned in yeah, the I'm regular season. I'm not going to downplay them beating in the, the MVP of the league this year. Absolutely. Yeah. But to it's that not, point, yeah. to that point, the Packers had every opportunity in the world to win that game. And, 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 and that Packers turn- offense is not the Chiefs offense. Let's be they very clear. Yeah, yeah, they had well. three turnovers and only got six points out of that. They got three turnovers in a row. Yeah, and only six points. Six points. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers failed. Man. And Matt LaFleur kicking a field goal when you need a touchdown made no sense. You still needed, you still needed touchdown. a touchdown. Yeah. You went down from one possession to <laughs> one possession. Like, it did not matter. Like So, although the Bucks deserved to be here because they got here, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's almost like this – yeah, but a lot went right for you to get here. You can't forget like the three picks that Tom Brady right. threw in a row. Yeah, right. and, 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 and if you do that to, 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 to Patrick Mahomes, give Patrick Mahomes three opportunities. Oh, yeah. If any quarterback in the league you give extra opportunities to keep him in the game, the last guy you want to do it to is Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Right. He's proven that time and time and so out the postseason. The reason I bring up this, this comparison, and I'm going to give you guys the floor in just a second, I promise. The reason I bring up this comparison is, the re- is, is why I'm so confident about this time around. Because, again, the Niners were complete and they had the recipe to beat the Chiefs. The Buccaneers don't because they are built just like the Ravens are, especially on the defensive side, to blitz and blitz and blitz and get pressure and get pressure and get pressure. And that is the perfect recipe for the Chiefs to win. Patrick Mahomes is by far the greatest quarterback we've ever seen, by the way, historically, Against the Blitz, yeah. highest quarterback rating of all time, highest touchdown interception. He's never he has never in his career thrown an uh, interception against the Blitz in his yeah. entire career. Dude, he's one of those quarterbacks, a rare quarterbacks, I think that invites the Blitz. I think yeah, when he when that, he, when he, he wants that, no, I don't think because you see it when, you, when we all know the Blitz is coming and he sees the Blitz coming, he audibles the play that he wants because he knows the Blitz is coming. That's the scariest thing, dude. Because there's nothing as a defense. There's you, you, there's no defense that it's feels crazy more helpful, how, how helpless. Sees, yeah, because yeah, he sees the blitz and he just runs to the he backpedals. Yeah. yeah, that's why I love the rollout plays. It's like oh. you have Pat roll out of the pocket and he can he th- throw across his body just as good as he can throw uh, with his body. It's, it's yeah. Good so, luck, man. So we saw last time, and I'm expecting obviously Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, to make some adequate changes. But there's only so much you can do when you have the same guys, yeah. right? You can X and O the shit out of it, but you have the same Jimmy I and Joe's. I expect a lot of blitzes. I really do. I, I do. Forty-seven. See, the Buccaneers. They're going to take season, advantage of Fisher being out. Of Forty-seven percent of their defensive snaps this year they blitzed. Yeah, that's fifth most in the NFL. We talked about this. Yes, and we're talking about a defense that is going to have to rely on the blitz because not only are they weak in the secondary, but their secondary is banged up. They got the pat last time we played them too. Sure, yeah. yeah absolutely. The strip sack on the eight-yard right, line, exactly. Right. And I'm, I'm about to break that up as to why I'm even more confident right. is the fact that the Chiefs went in to Tampa Bay this year, right, went against a blitzing defense. Patrick Holmes went absolutely off, had his best game of the season, completed 76% of his passes, 40, 462 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, it came down to a field goal. That is not true at all. That is not true at all. The Chiefs had not one, but two different 17-point <laughs> leads in that game. It was like they, the opposite of the 2018 AFC Championship game. Yes, they had yeah. 17 and nothing. And the, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. 100% true. Literally we go, the opposite. We go down that road again. And we won. That's so weird. 17, 17 That's so nothing, weird. We won 17 that game. 17 nothing. And then they're up 27 to 10. And when they're up 27 to 10, they're on the eight-yard line. Strips that fumble, Buccaneers get it. It should have been 34 to 10 right there. They don't do a double reverse Travis Kelsey try to throw a touchdown. That's another touchdown. If McCole Hartman doesn't drop that pass where there's literally no secondary at all, that is another touchdown. You're talking about a 45-point game the Chiefs could have easily had. And they left that on there and they still took that game. That is, yes. And the defense went into soft coverages where they were just trying to get the clock to dwindle down. And Tom Brady still threw two picks in the second half. I mean, we're talking about a horrible matchup. 
for the Buccaneers. Yes, the their worst. front seven We're is incredible. Matchup. We are the worst oh, matchup. Uh, maybe outside of the Saints. The yeah, Chiefs are the worst I, I, matchup. I don't want to downplay it. I'm not trying to sit here and say the Buccaneers suck. They don't. Exactly. But it's a matchup nightmare for the Buccaneers. Yeah, if Tom Brady has to pace our offense, it's a bad. It's the worst matchup. Oh, they can't trade blows with the Chiefs. No, they, no, no. they can't afford to do that. Yeah. If, if the if the Bucs can, can do a rush four and be able to uh, double cover uh, Tyreek and Kelsey, they can possibly stop the Chiefs in yeah. some in some way. But you're not going to completely stop the Chiefs. Well, and think about this because you still got Miko, and you, then you, you probably got yeah. Watkins. You can't figure out this offense. You can. You have to figure. You, you, you do. You know, but you have to figure out how to stop one of the weapons and just yeah. hope the other ones don't go off. Malcolm Jenkins. There's no way to stop Malcolm their Jenkins tired. was on Colin Cowherd's show today. The herd. Yeah, and that. he he said this because they asked him who would you rather go up against in a Super Bowl, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes? He goes, oh, I would clearly rather go against Tom Brady. Yeah. He goes because it's no offense to Tom, no, but, he's, but yeah. you know what he's going to be. Limited. He goes. You can't figure out, like you said, you can't figure out the way the Chiefs are running motion constantly in these crazy-ass plays. He goes, and then when you finally feel like you get to Patrick Mahomes, he's so elusive in the pocket, and he creates, he goes, an off-schedule plays for a defense is a nightmare. You're not getting off-schedule plays with Tom Brady. You're getting off-schedule plays all the time with Patrick Mahomes yeah. and all the different variances they bring, whether it's in the red zone or on their own 18-yard line. scrambling yes. like I expect yeah. them to be. Right, and he goes, just in a heartbeat, they're down the field, 50-yard gain. You don't know what the hell just happened. Yeah. So, and in every playoff game that Patrick Mahomes has started and finished, the Chiefs averaged 36 points a game. You have to score 36 points Minimum. to have a shot against the Chiefs. The Browns game, if he wouldn't have gotten knocked out, they were pacing for 38 oh, points. Yeah, 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 we were scoring on every possession. They would have back to back 38 point games in the playoffs. After dropping 31 in the Super Bowl, after dropping uh, 35 against the Titans, and then dropping 51 against the Texans. That's what the league leader in sacks. You want to get you too. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, They've not had a game where Patrick Mahomes started and finished. They've not scored at least 31 points in the playoffs. Yeah. You have to score over 30 points to have a shot against this team. And I do not believe against – because we've got to start giving the Chiefs defense some respect here, guys. Oh, you're, yes. hey, I've been tuning in hey, since, so, we, since we first started talking about the postseason. So I've been on the defense is nuts. This is why I said when I asked. I was like, who has the best defense in the playoffs? I've been bashing the Chiefs defense yeah. since fucking week one. Yeah. I, I called them being a top eight defense this year. So, I mean, I, they weren't really the, the, throughout the duration of the season, but the postseason. They, they didn't did. look like it throughout the season to throughout the regular season. They didn't look like a top ten defense. But once they got into the playoffs and into that rhythm, yeah. into that, okay, we're here, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it feels like the defense and the offense knew that they were going to be in this situation. They are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. They knew. Oh. So, how, how, they, they weren't putting, like, the, 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 the pedal to the floor. Like, they weren't just, like, they were just, you know – Doing the job and next week. Yeah, we had some new once they got there. yeah once they got to the playoffs. Or like, all right, it's time for vi- time for business. Yeah. and we saw what they did to the Browns. We saw what they did to the Bills. They put their clamps yeah. on. Yeah, and it, and a lot of it has to do with the secondary. Like we we can praise Chris Jones because he he Tyron was second. Matthew, man. You know, Chris Jones this season was second in the league in pressure Pressures. percentage. Yeah, yeah, behind only Aaron Donald. He like, does, people have on Chris Jones he, yeah. all year. He doesn't show – he's not the box score guy. Yeah, he had he's 11 like, pressures on Josh Allen, one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league. Like, we saw once Frank Clark <laughs> became Frank Clark, we saw what Chris Jones could do. All of a sudden, you get one-on-ones. Yes. Yeah, and Tyra Matthews playing they damn near could, flawless football. The Bills could, could not, cannot stop Chris Jones from getting to uh, uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. They couldn't And I think the, I think the biggest, def, di, biggest difference in our defense this year is Willie is Willie Sneed. Legereus Sneed. Legereus freaking Sneed. The secondary, that's what I'm saying. Because what he's brought – because before last year, we didn't have good blitz packages for our corners to blitz off the edge. Legereus Seed is a true blitzing corner. Mm-hmm. 
that's changed our defense because that added a new package for and Spags loves to blitz corners. Oh, yeah. He loves to blitz safeties and corners. And we've seen it. We blitzed we brought Tyron on one edge and, and Sneed on one edge yeah. and just brought the house. And we've seen it work against if it works against Josh Allen, that's what the I'm most saying. maybe outside of the Lamar, mobile, the best yeah. mobile quarterback in the league, who has the most rushing touchdowns since he's been a starter. If that's working on him, what's it gonna do to a Tom Brady who's like stabbed you in that And pocket? to your point. The Bills were by far the most efficient team in the AFC on the in the, in the red zone. A game. Yeah, yeah, in the red zone, oh, they yeah, were yeah. unbelievable in the red zone. They scored zero. One, I'm sorry, they had no one turnovers. garbage time, one garbage time touchdown in the red no zone. No turnovers. Right. In the yeah, red zone. yeah. And then we can't forget like the Week 12 matchup. The 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 Bucks went what three and zero three straight times. Mm-hmm. Like we can't forget that either. I mean, right. like. Spags knows how to play Tom Brady. Yeah. He knows any how to defend coordinator is going to go against Tom Brady. Against Tom Brady. That's who you want. Exactly. Because yeah. he he's going to be running those stunt blitzes as yes. well. You yeah. see the creativity how Spagnuolo does what he does. Because not only are the Chiefs scoring a ton of points in the playoffs, they're only giving up 23 points a game in the playoffs. And the biggest thing, too, and, and, and obviously the crutch that's been for Tom Brady most of his career offensively is getting the running game going and depending on the play action pass. Fifth that's, yes. That is his bread and butter. If you take away that running game, and Ronald Jones is already banged up, yeah, we don't know if he's a full go. Honestly, we don't. We have any, I know. I think he's cleared and he's good to play, but he's still not 100. percent And Leonard Fournette is very spotty, better in the passing game than he has a true a true runner. If we can stop that, I mean, we stop the Browns running game. If, yeah, our, if, say, if, if Hitchens stop the Browns, if Hitchens and our running and our linebackers can stifle, you know, stifle that running game of the Bucks, and they have to depend on, depend solely on Tom Brady's arm. This game's a wrap. Well, the Browns guys. I love me the Browns, against the fucking running game. We didn't let's, let's 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 put this in context. The Chiefs didn't stop the Browns rush attack because they still had over hundred rushing yards, but, but it was third downs. It was the short distances. That's where they shut them down. I agree, hundred percent. It was more of a garbage time touchdown from Cream. Yes. The Buccaneers have the fifth worst rushing attack in the in, uh, offensively in the NFL. You're but right, run, but they run a lot. Though. But they run a lot, yeah. exactly. So Tom Brady's going to have to rely on those play on them them to get chunk yards, four, five, six, seven yards for his offense team because actually Tom Brady on the play action, I think he had the highest quarterback rating in the NFL play actions. Mm-hmm. So he likes to have the run game implemented. Mm-hmm. The problem though against this Chiefs front seven, again, like we said, were the opponents the best rush attack? Derrick Henry last year, uh, the Browns this year. You see the way the Chiefs stifle the run game, forcing the hand or forcing the ball in the hands of the quarterback, yeah. which is the greatest thing that can happen in this game because the more Tom throws the ball, the more the turnovers are going to start to happen. I actually agree with you guys. I think we're going to see multiple interceptions from Tom Brady in this yeah. game. But to that point, real quick, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. How do you guys see the Buccaneers pulling this game off? Real quick. There's only one way. If, if, if the defense can can uh, figure out a way to shut one of the like one of the uh, elite rec- uh, receivers in in Casey like uh, Travis Kelsey or uh, Tyreek Hill, if they figure out how to stop them and figure out how to control Pat Mahomes and like make him stay in the pocket, yeah, they're not going to. That's what. Yeah. But that's what. But we're asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to see how they, the Bucks can win this game. Mm-hmm. If they can keep Pat in the pocket and you're able to shut down uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek, they possibly have a shot. But you still you're 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 still asking way too much from a 42 year old to go out there and outperform that Chiefs defense. Like you're still asking way too much. Mm-hmm. So if the Bucks are able to keep that game close, the Bucks are are gonna have a serious shot at winning. But they have to keep that game close. If the Chiefs go in there and, and drop seven, their first drive, drop another seven, the second drive, that game's over. Yep. that game is over. Right. Yeah. There was an outlier win against the Chiefs this year. The only the only real real loss of the season was against the Raiders, and the Raiders beat us in a very strange way that we don't typically allow, which was just purely being outscored and surprised. Yeah. The typical way that teams have success against the Chiefs since Pat's been the starter, 
was we saw like, you know, a couple years ago, the Colts, you know, those certain defenses that figured us out and slowed us down had long offensive opposing drives from their, of their own that kept Pat off the field. Yeah. And that is the way the Bucks win. The Bucs do not go out there and expect to try to win in a oh. shootout because Tom Brady hasn't really been able to do that. How did they just beat the Packers? They played really, really good defense against Aaron Rodgers. They slowed down his number one weapon and Devontae Adams. He'd had a decent game, but for the most part, they, they bracketed them and kept him mostly a non-factor for the majority of the game until late. They're able to do that because Aaron Rodgers doesn't have nearly the weapons that we have. They have to worry about way more and they come in. So basically, the only there's only one real way for the Buccaneers to come in here and have a winning formula. They have to have long-ass drives mm-hmm. that end in touchdowns. Not field goals. Yeah. They have to have long ass drives that end in touchdowns every time, mm-hmm. because they, they can't. They cannot pace with us. They cannot keep pace with us. They have to keep Pat off the field, and that, and honestly, is the only only real hope for any team. And that we've seen the Ravens attempt to do it because they depend on the running game. They milk the clock. They run. They run. They run. But if you don't get touchdowns, you're not going to trade field goals and yeah, expect to and trade field goals and touchdowns and expect to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, so because- Tom Brady's going to have to go out there and game manage this game to death. Oh yeah, and have to. Be successful if, if and when you get in the red zone. Yeah. And his hope that when Pat gets out there, he doesn't score in three plays. Well, and, uh, you're talking. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. The crazy thing is that Pat against the Bucks was able to run the clock. Yeah. That was amazing. Well, yeah. I mean, what I'm saying, the last four minutes, we can beat them anyway. Yeah. We have no, multiple ways that we can go out there and beat them. Anybody. Right. We can beat anybody multiple ways. We beat the the the, the Bills the first time in the, in the season, week six. Yeah. We beat them by just. Just old school well, ground yeah. and pound football. Beat them, and then we go out here in the playoffs and throw all over their ass. Yeah, right. So we can beat. The, we prove that we can beat the best offense or one of the best top five teams probably in the NFL in, in two different ways. We just beat the Bucks' ass in, in November by absolutely just having the air arsenals all over their ass in one half. Pretty much put the game away in, in one half. The only way, the only way the Bucks are going to win this game, and they I, have to slow it down. They have, but yes, the defense is going to have to lead the way. Yeah. They're going to have to force. Yep. Multiple turnovers because you're going to get 10 to 12 possessions for the Chiefs offensively. They're going to have to take at least two or three of those away from the Chiefs on a turnover. They're going to have to give Tom Brady extra possessions because to the point. Because Tom Brady's going to have a couple himself. Yeah, 10 versus 10 in possessions, you're not beating the Chiefs with Tom Brady. You're you're just not winning that game. You're going to have to get multiple. That's what happened. You saw it against all these teams throughout the season. Also, um, they're going to have to protect Tom Brady. They're going to have to keep him clean because in games this season when Tom Brady got uh, sacked, they were 6-5, and five, barely a 500 team, right? When they didn't get sacked, when Tom Brady didn't get, get up sacked, they were 5-0. and 5-0. Oh. Oh. So it's that simple. Don't let your quarterback get hit, and you have to make Patrick Holmes play his worst football of the season. For me, the formula is, is the Bucks have to have long scoring drives, touchdown scoring drives, and limit Pat's possessions. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, guys, I don't see the game working out in that way because we we score quickly. We find ways to score quickly. We don't have to. We don't have to have long drives. We can go out there just like we did the first time around, right? We can go out there and score just like that, you know. And I don't. And Tyreek doesn't even have to have that similar game. Tyreek can go out there and be a decoy. And we still blow these guys out. Well, yeah. so let's get let's get right to that then. Let's finish it off the way of this. Who wins this game, Eddie, and why? I think the Chiefs uh, are going to win this game. Why? They're the better team uh, going into this game. They're just the better team. They have the better quarterback. They have the better mentality. I think they have one of the best team leaders there could be in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. We saw it against uh, the Bills when they when uh, Mikael Hardman did that fumble and, and gave the gave the Bucks a touchdown. Pretty much, what did Patrick Mahomes do? He came to Mahomes and said, "Look at me, like look at me." Yeah, we fuel and, off that shit. And yeah. the next drive, they give the ball to Mikael. Yep, they feed Mikael. That's, that's they, championship they, yeah, football. Fifty that's yard championship rush football. and then a touchdown. Yes. That's championship football. Dude. So I, I think I think 
I don't I don't see the Bucks uh, putting any any serious threat on the Chiefs. This game. I really don't. Like I said, this is this this is the second, but we've already beat a better team in the postseason already this postseason. I don't yeah. think this this team the, the Bills were more of a scare to me than this team is. Uh, I don't care if they're at home. We've already beat them there. Uh, great weather. Pat Lux, great weather. Um, we'll play fine in that that Florida weather. Just fine. I'm not worried about that at all. We're we're, we're great on the road. Sometimes we're better on the road than we are at home. Sometimes. So yeah, we lost at home. I'm not worried about the Bucks, man. I know this is a Super Bowl. This is a big. This is a big game. It's Tom Brady. He's one of the most successful. I just, I have the Chiefs winning by double digits. I don't, I, I don't know if we ever trail in this game. I don't know if there's going to be a moment where we trail. And I know that's weird to say because we we like to trail in the postseason for some reason. I think we're going to. I think Pat's going to go out there and just have a flawless game, dude. I think I think he's going to evade the blitz. They might get him once or twice, but. The thing is with Pat, when you hit him, he's not Tom Brady. When you hit Pat, he gets more focused and he gets laser focused. Just like that time when he got laid out like against the 49ers. Gets, like you gotta lay, you gotta you gotta you gotta hit me. I'm a beast. Yeah. That's our quarterback he saying that shit. That's that our shit. quarterback. Tom Brady getting hit, he don't say that shit. Tom Brady gets hit, he gets rattled. His and this quarterback drops twenty percent injuries. Right. So look, man, I understand I and I respect the shit out of that Bucks team. They're here for a reason. Yeah. They beat two very good teams to get here. They're here for a reason. So all due respect to Tom Brady and the greatness he's had at this point in his career, he's at a major disadvantage to the quarterback position here yeah. and the pace. The pace is the biggest factor for me. The Chiefs have such a fast pace. We throw the ball at one of the highest rates in the league. We move the ball very, very quickly and put defenses on their toes consistently. The Bucks are one of the slowest paced teams. You get you're, you're giving our, our defense chances to to rest, and you're not playing hurry up football and keeping our defense on their toes. That's the only really way you get our defense in our, our little shook is when you're consistently putting us on our, on yeah. our toes. That's why we struggle sometimes against really good like Deshaun saw, Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson the, when he's playing that speed that speed football and he's doing the no huddle. That's very hard to defend. We've struggled. We've lost against Deshaun in that in those positions. So I think we win by double digits. I'm calling it right now. We don't trail once. For me, it's like this. I see this matchup. I know that everyone's talking about the Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes thing, and, and at first I try to dismiss that because Patrick the is – the kid. Well, it's it's a totally different – like there are two different levels when it comes to their careers at this current time. But I did entertain it just a little bit and it, in this regard. This game is significantly personal for both quarterbacks. For Tom, it's oh, simple. The two different variables. He gets ways. to prove – if he wins this game, he gets to prove that it was me that made the Patriot way what the Patriot way is. I think he's proven that just by making a Super Bowl. Sure, and yeah. and I and I will I will slightly agree with that. First even year though, team, that's even incredible. though Tom's not Tom's not the ultimate reason why the Bucks are where they're at. It's a great roster. Um, he's been he's been good in times, but he's been equally as bad. Um, and and I think that this this game is so personal for Tom. Even he might try to downplay that and spending twenty years anywhere and then going and trying to win somewhere else. Home you know, field. there's some yeah. He never felt appreciated with New England. He never felt like he was really given the credit he deserved. Tom, Belichick never fully embraced him. That's all true, and that's all factual, and you can tell in the Tom versus time thing uh, when he let Giselle's little snippet part play into that. He allowed that. For sure. He said that when Giselle said he never feels appreciated, he just wants to feel appreciated. That's all Tom. Tom feels appreciated now in Tampa. Everyone at Dorsey, he's an idol there. He, everybody, no, there is only one other player, I think, on the entire roster that's even been in a Super Bowl besides Tom Brady. I don't even know who the guy's name is. I think he was just some backup. So oh, that's another big. No, no, Gronk, yeah, you're gonna, no, So I'm saying, besides Gronk and Tom, the obvious yeah, that is another big factor that hasn't really been discussed much. There's a lot of inexperience. Sure, yeah, and so and the personal side of things. So you have that on, on Tom's side. For Patrick Mahomes, no one is going to take this game more personally than him, and mm. here's why. Yeah, who's the first person? Who 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 is the first person that Patrick Mahomes ever lost to? 
Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Week four, week was it week six of twenty eighteen? Mm-hmm. Who's his only playoff loss to? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. At who is he, who's he already being compared to? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Oh yeah, dude. This is the passing the torch game. This for is sure. if you don't think <laughs> if you don't think for a second that Patrick Mahomes is taking this game as seriously he's ever taken a game in his entire life. Trust me, you're wrong. Patrick Mahomes, I'm with Trevor on this. You're going to see a Patrick Mahomes we have not seen. I'm not saying that statistically you're going to see him throw 590 yards. But I wouldn't be shocked if he has the exact same game that he had in Week 12. Only this time, he's not going to let off the gas. They're not going to go conservative in the second half because they have a convincing lead that they felt confident in. No, you're going to see a very... AFC Championship-esque against the Bills type of game against Patrick Mahomes where he never let off the gas, and they blew the Bills out. They was, that was a was that a 15, 14, no, 15-point victory against the Bills last or last game, and that game was never close. I mean, it was even worse than a 15-point victory. They were up, I believe, 38-15 to 15 at one point. Like They went on a 31-6 to 6 run. I'm with Trevor. I, I don't think this game's going to be close. I don't think the Chiefs are ever going to trail. I, I think, guys, honestly, there's a better chance of this game being more like the Seahawks versus Broncos, where it was 43 to 8, than it will be a three point victory, than it will be 27 to 24, because of the fact that everyone's talking about, you know, you know the, the Buccaneers already had their game against the Chiefs. Now they kind of understand them just as much on the Chiefs side of things. And the Chiefs have just as much writing on this game as the Buccaneers do. Because I know that this whole thing about Tom Brady getting a seventh championship, one and without you know Bill Belichick in, 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 in the Patriot way. But think about what the Chiefs are embarking on. If the Chiefs win this game, they are officially a dynasty mm-hmm. going on to the, the narrative of can they three-peat, which no team in the history of the NFL has ever done. And not only that, now you're talking about individual things. Travis Kelsey could... Honestly, be considered the greatest tight end of all time. Tyron Matthew could automatically be a first ballot Hall of Famer if this happens. Chris Jones, same thing. Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden has more rings than Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and all these other great – Dan Marino never got one. Like, there's all these other guys that he would just leap in the national narrative. You know me. I already think he's the greatest of all time. Mm. But he would leap on the national scale. Andy Reid would all of a sudden have two two straight championships working on a third going into next season where Bill Belichick hasn't won one in the last couple seasons. People start to question that whole situation. There's a lot riding on legacies for the Chiefs as well. And guys, I really think the Chiefs are going to go in there and have their most efficient game that we've seen because we also know this is what they've been waiting on. Travis Kelsey said it in that interview. With, I believe it was with Pat McAfee. You know, what is your guys? What are you guys been waiting on? What have you guys been waiting on? He just, yeah, that's a fucking W. No, <laughs> when he said, he said, he goes, we just been waiting for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not to sound arrogant, not to sound like we're bored, just, but they were bored. Yeah. They were fucking bored because they knew they each and every food. week playing they can the go in there with a C game and beat anybody. And they did that. Did not play their best game against the Dolphins, drop 33 on them. Did not play their best game against the Saints, drop 32 on them. They did not play their game, best game for two months. And beat everybody meaningful. The Chargers game, they had no starters. So every meaningful game, the Chiefs won. And now you see it, the progression in the playoffs. Everyone thought they were going to be rusty. They go in there, would have blown up. The, the Browns had Patrick Mahomes not got knocked out of the game. We're blowing them out. They're up 19-3 to at one point. That game was over at half. That game was over. Then you go against the Bills, and they were up nine points. Within two fucking blinks, the Chiefs were up 21-9. to Three possessions later. Yeah, I do want. I do want to throw one more thing out there. I do think it. it's going to happen. I think 
one player in particular that we just discussed a minute ago that was struggling, and then they immediately went right back to McCall Hardman. I think I think McCall Hardman is going to have his best game of his postseason career. I think he's going to have over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. I I'm all for that. I think I think the you know I think, I'm the biggest that, defender. That secondary in the, the Buccaneers secondary is is middle of the pack. They are okay. They had some good games, some bad games. They had some atrocious games, obviously against us. Um, and I think they're really, really, really going to zone in on trying to keep Tyreek under wraps. I think they're going to bracket Tyreek, and I think that's going to open so much up. Uh, I think Sammy's going to play, but I think Sammy's going to be more of a decoy. I think he's have a couple catches here and there. Very limited. Demarcus Robinson's going to be out there for some snaps, but I think I think McColl goes off. I think McColl is going to go off. I think he's going to get a lot of work um, and a lot of end round mo- motion stuff. I think he's going to get some rushes. Um, but I think McColl's going to have over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Um, it's going to be really hard for us to get the running game going because that defense is so good against the rush. Uh, I don't think they're going to allow any much rushing. But I think our running backs we'll will get try. some catches. Le'Veon's healthy 100% and good to go. So that helps a lot in the past. Daryl's on a hot streak. Clyde's healthy. So I could see a lot of dump-offs to our running backs and you know get some yak off of that. But I think McColl's going to be the guy, dude. I you think McColl's going to have a big game. You just said something that clicked in my head, though, because I remember when the Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bill, everyone was excited, as as what I, we were talking about this on the this show. moment to shine right here. It, to me, remember I said this, and I, I tweeted this out. And I looked at it today. I saw it again. You guys remember what I said about why I was so happy about the Lavian Bell signing? It wasn't just because he's a talent with the ball; it's his pass oh, protection. That's, that's his, yeah, yeah. This he's a big is the perfect yeah. opportunity for Le'Veon Bell with the Chiefs having a depleted He'll offensive line. Out a lot. Yes, against a great front seven, Buccaneers front seven. Le'Veon Bell goes out there and protects Patrick Mahomes' blind side. Oh, a couple, yeah. a couple key plays where you him see him ship off a pass with Shaq Barrett's coming through, and Le'Veon checks him, yeah. and Patrick gets a touchdown on the play. Otherwise, it would have been a sack. But also, what's so great about Le'Veon though I, that, that that separates him from the other two running backs is he's not only the best run or pass blocker; he's very good at it. He's always been great at it, and he's big and he's huge. But he's also you can have him in those packages where they don't know if he's out there just for pass, bro. He's also an extreme, an elite pass catcher. And he's a very good runner of the football. So he's, he's lost a step his speed wise. He's never been a, a speedster though. He's always been a very rhythmic he runner. Waits, he waits. He's a, he's a very rhyth, he's a rhythmic runner. Yeah. He finds his he bounces and gets his rhythm and, and goes. But he's a great. But he's in, he's gonna be in, he can be on the he can be a guy that's on the field at all times. And they don't know if he's gonna be in there for pass pro or, or if we're gonna dump it too. off to him and he can you know catch and run for ball for forty yards. You don't know what he's gonna do. And this is you don't think Le'Veon wants to take advantage of this moment? That he could retire after this year. Go get a chip and retire if he wants. This could be his moment. This is his. This is our new Terrell Suggs for this season. And he's obviously a little younger than Terrell Suggs, but <laughs> I agree with you. That's a great. That's just could be a great moment for Le'Veon Bell because he can be out there for any package, and they don't really know what we're throwing at him. But this, I'm calling. I think this is a McColl game. Yeah, in it, in it, I like that. I love it because I'm yeah. I'm a big home run Hardman guy. You guys I know think, I defend I, him like crazy. I think he's gonna be the X factor. And and, and here's the thing. Basically, in a nutshell, what we're saying here is for the Bucks to even have a real shot of even winning this game. A lot has to go wrong for the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. But even with that, again, let me reemphasize. Look what's already gone wrong for the Chiefs. We've already overcame this this postseason. You can name That fucking went down. Before the season even started, they lost multiple starters. Yeah, we've been without Sammy most the entire year pretty much. If there's a single team in the NFL that could say, you know what? Like you saw it against the Buccaneers in Week 12. Eight-yard line, Patrick Mahomes has a rare strip sack. How often do you see Patrick Mahomes get strip sack? Right. Never happens. Right. And he, they still won the damn game. And so, like I said, man, this is all, the Chiefs cannot just have a normal postseason. Uh, tell me about it's it. always like got to be some year. incredible story. It's and always got to be something, man. I think we're going to blow the rooftop off this fucking. And that, see, I think that would be the ultimate. 
signature Is that be convincing in. enough? Yeah. No, no, it would be yes because you're basically it's like are you not entertained type of thing? Yeah, that's you, been the that's been the, th- the narrative all year. We're not beating for, teams convincingly. For the last ten weeks, <laughs> we've heard people say that. Like, we just win. Well, I don't know, man. They only won by three against this team. But, you know, Patrick Holmes had 400 yards and four touchdowns. So I don't know. It's so funny, though, because when Alex Smith was our quarterback, oh, we just won. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? No, we just won. But now, he, we, now Pat's our quarterback, we expect to win by 30. That's the significance <laughs> of being a good team so that's a compliment, and an though. all-time great team because you're talking about the expectations change. So I'm not offended yeah. by people having high standards for a team that's going to win multiple Super Bowls. It's it, how do you react to it's those criticisms. Noise, when you hear noise. guys like Colin Cowherd coming out and saying, I think they're vulnerable, you see the Chiefs saying, Okay, cool. I'm good with that. I've never been a guy that likes the whole, like, oh, we don't listen to the media. No, you should. You should listen to every – they should be listening to the Spoken Podcast. They should be listening to every single person out there that has an opinion about them. So you can use that as fuel, as motivation. Positive, negative. doesn't fucking matter what people are saying. Use all of it. Have people listening. Hey, man. I heard the spoken podcast. Eddie's picking the bucks. You know, like, I'm saying, like, use that stuff. Even though we're nobodies – Colin Coward has four million people every day listening to a show, so you know there's narratives. You know there. You know that Travis Kelsey and Sammy and Patrick and all these Tyree Kill are getting mentions on Twitter. Hey man, I heard Colin talking shit. Hey, I heard dumbass Mike Florio talking about your baggage, Tyree Kill. You know, like shit like that. You know, th- th- this is the stuff that these guys are going to have to use. Patrick Mahomes, when he was ranked fourth on the top, NFL's top 100, what did he tweet? I'm taking notes, motherfucker, and he's been using that ever since. This is what I love about this team, man. They like and they, like Trevor said, they welcome the pressure, figuratively and literally. They say, okay, you guys want to doubt us? Perfect. Fucking perfect, man. We got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid leading the way each and every day. Nobody wants to sign Eric Bannemi? Bet. We'll just keep him as our OC and win another fucking title. We're good with it. And literally all of the pressure is on the Bucks. All of the pressure. The Chiefs, dude, the Chiefs know what we are made of. We know we've been here and done it. We're repeating. We're coming back. We want more. The Bucks have to stop us, not the other way around. That's the whole narrative of the story that consistently gets twisted. We want to make this narrative that that Brady's, you know, the, the one that needs to be beat. Fuck that. The Mahomes is the guy that needs to be beat. Brady has to beat Mahomes at this point, not the other way around, dude. The kid is the master at this point. Brady's not the goat anymore. He's done. He's he's here again. I get it, but he has to beat Mahomes. I'm so point. glad you said that because that's exactly what I I tweeted that out today. I said for the first time in Brady's entire career in the in the in the he's Super chasing Bowl, Mahomes now. He has to. The, the narrative isn't how do you beat Tom Brady. The right. narrative is now well, how is Tom Brady going to beat Patrick Mahomes? That's, that should be the narrative yes, because it is. At this point, we all know who the better team is and the better quarterback is. That's not and the Bucks have some strength. We're not talking careers. Their, here. We're their talking linebacking right now. core is stupid great. Yeah, it is stupid great. Their front seven: Ndamukong Sue, Shaq Barrett, JPP, uh, those uh, 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 Devin White. They got Vita unbelievable. Vita Vea's back is huge. Vita Vea is huge. They didn't have him when they played us in November. No, but, they did not. But they were still great in the place in November when we mopped that ass. But I gotta give you know I'm gonna just real quick before we end this segment I'm gonna give a little credit to at least one offensive lineman on the Chiefs, Austin Ryder. Hmm. He has not given he's, he's not given up a sack since the last Super Bowl. He's played every game this season. Every snap. And he's not given up a sack. We got it. Look, the Chiefs offensive line's not good right now, guys. There is no defending that. There's no defying that. But I just so happened to look up some numbers, guys, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes uh without Eric Fisher, without uh Mitchell Schwartz. And I and, and I'm telling you guys right now, look, I understand the fear, I understand the worry, you know, that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the protection on the outside, the blind side, all that shit. I totally understand it. But there is some solace I'm gonna give you guys right now. I'm gonna look it up real quick because I know I, I talked about it. It's uh so all right, 
The Chiefs. Oh shit! Hear me. Yeah. What is it about? So Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, mm. both being gone, obviously it's a legitimate concern, right? Obviously, without uh, your two best tackles, it's not ideal at all to be dealing with. But uh, the way the Chiefs have, or with, with the way Patrick Mahomes has played without him, without both guys, has actually been unbelievable. So here it is: Patrick Mahomes' career numbers without Eric Fisher in the starting lineup. Complete 67% of his passes, 300 yards per game, 11 touchdowns, one interception with a 108 quarterback rating. Mm. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes' career numbers without Mitchell Schwartz, 67% completion percentage, 338 yards per game, 23 touchdowns, five interceptions, 107 quarterback rating. So he is essentially so it doesn't matter. <laughs> all-time great with or without them. Yeah. I so mean, and like I don't want to downplay it. Yeah. We, we will, I, I do think against this – in, in, in respects to this defense that we are going up against, this defensive line, I do think, like you said, you alluded to with Le'Veon Bell and Darrell Williams, I think we'll see more of them out there. Um, and I think this is a kind of a game. Like, dude, and honestly, our offense has been all year. We throw 75% of the time, right? We're not a run-heavy offense. We, we haven't been since Pat's been here. We just haven't because Pat's that good. And analytically, it, it works in our favor to throw the ball more. You score quicker. We, we, with the speed that we have, you utilize the speed more. It just makes sense. And teams haven't been able to figure out. Teams haven't been able to stop it. I don't. The best best defense we've ever played in the Super Bowl last year figured it out for three quarters. Yeah, they didn't figure it out for four. Still got blown out. All that matters. Chiefs are down Give double digits with eight minutes to go in the game. Right, and they end up beating the team by double digits. Unless you can show me something on the Buccaneers that tells me they can they can overcome that type of shit. Like I said, you're going to have to score at least 36 points to get the get the Chiefs. And and Tom Brady is as incredible and prolific as a, as of a quarterback career he's had, the most successful player in the history of the NFL. Unless he can put together a game where he is scoring four or five touchdowns, which by the way I he's just, only done against the Lions and a couple other bad teams this season, I, I don't see how there's even a shot in I this game. I just can't wait to see these blitz packages that Spags draws up again. Times I ask, dude. I can I can't wait to see. I want. I want so badly more than anything defensively is for Chris Jones to get a sack on Tom Brady. I want that so bad, and you know Chris Jones is one that he's fiending for that, right? Because that feud, that feud that's been developed since they, he's Chris Jones has been in the league and since we faced Tom. And Brady. to the mobility factor, like I said, Josh Allen has a top tier offensive line and is arguably the most elusive quarterback in the he, NFL. Yeah, and a couple big runs the outside Chiefs of that. Ate him alive. Tom Brady can't move in the pocket. Tom Brady can't run. <laughs> if Snead and Tyron are blitzing on the edge, dude, good. Tom, dude, luck. Tom Brady is so bad at, at, in his mobility. There's a prop bet right now for the Super Bowl, an over-under that Tom Brady has .5 rushing yards. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You can look that up. Yeah, and I would and take the under. Point, and 1.5 interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> I would take the under. Uh, I would take the under. Yeah, but Tyron's going to get get a pick. Why? Eddie, you have the Chiefs winning. Do you have them winning comfortably, or is it a close one? I think I'm going to go with comfortably. Okay. Trevor, you it have could the- end up looking closer than it was, but yeah. I, like I said, I'm very confident. I've been confident in the beginning of the postseason. The postseason started. None of these teams have really given me any true worries. I was more worried about the Bills than any other team. I didn't really care. Outside, obviously, if we were facing Aaron Rodgers, this would be a whole different discussion. He would give me more, you know, the willies than anybody else. But the, this being who we're facing now, right. not worried at all. We went by double digits. We never trail. I, like I said, guys, I, it, it's all about matchups. It comes down to matchups. And if I'm looking at the Chiefs versus the Buccaneers, I, in, in almost every important way, the Chiefs have a favorable matchup. If the Chiefs just simply play their best, play their game, there is nobody. I told you guys, the only team that beats the Chiefs is who? The Chiefs. That's the, I, I stay true to that until this team changes or gets depleted. That's where I stick as a current, as this current roster and current coaching staff has formed with their confidence being the way that it is. 
Not to mention the fact, guys, that Tom Brady four times in his 10 Super Bowl appearances has scored 20 points or fewer. I can very well see that being a very a repetitive thing where half of his Super Bowl appearances he scores less than 21 points. This, as great as the Chiefs' offense is, the Chiefs' defense situationally has been unbelievable against better opposition than the Buccaneers. I think the Chiefs are going to have a complete team game. Therefore, we'll have a complete team victory and we'll have a very, very comfortable. Let me put it like that. We'll give our score totals on Sunday when when Super Bowl Sunday gets here, as we do every single Sunday. I, I, I do, I'm with you, Trevor. I, I definitely think this is going to be a double-digit victory and it is going to just absolutely, absolutely rise the rise of Mahomes, rise Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to the upper echelon of the greatest at their position. Solidify the dynasty. This Absolutely. is a solidification game. Hit us up on the on the interwebs, if you will, on Twitter at the Spoken Pod, on Twitter on uh, uh, Instagram it's the Spoken Podcast, and on Facebook it's a it's a Facebook group. You can't miss us. It's called the Spoken. Let us know what you guys have in the Super Bowl. How would you see it shaking down? How you guys see it playing out? I cannot wait to hear from you guys. Speaking of hearing from you guys, it's time for the Monday Mailbag. We'll get back to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. It's time for the Monday Mailbag. What we do each and every week is we give you guys the platform, the opportunity to essentially take over the show for an entire segment. Whatever you guys are fueled on, whatever you guys are pumped about, whatever you guys want to talk about in the world of sports, it is your time to do so. And we give you our reactions to your questions or your statements, concerns, whatever it is, guys. So, Eddie, what is in the Monday Mailbag this week? All right, we got... Some questions out here. Uh, first question comes from uh, Shaggy Shane, uh, friend of the show. Friend of the Shaggy. show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. It's safe friend to say. Okay. He gives us a multiple choice question. I like it. Multiple choice question. How soon after the Super Bowl does Patrick tweet hashtag three Pete? <laughs> a, immediately after he says that he is going to Disney World to social distance. B, Immediately after he thanks Veach for his series of one-year deals that kept the team together? Or C, as soon as he is back on Twitter after congratulating his entire team and coaching staff? I got a twist on this one. I think that uh, he's actually going to tweet, hey, thanks Shaggy Shane for the multiple choice question on the Spoken Podcast for all my opportunities to show either my arrogance, <laughs> my greatness, or my appreciation for my – no, I, I think it's going to be very like buttoned up. At the same time, I do think that, that. You know, I think you're going to see. I, I don't think. I definitely don't think it's going to be the three peat thing. Bro, we're going to be braggadocious. No, in this I, bitch. I do think that you're going to see some because Pat's petty as fuck, dude. Hell like, yeah, dude, he the whole loves fucking, yeah. letting people know that he hears things. So I think there's going to be some things throughout the summer where you're starting to see like Patrick talk and gloat a little bit, and feel himself about this. But I think initially, when everyone's on high alert and waiting for his response and waiting for him to say something. It's going to be very team oriented. It's going to be very like 
non-controversial because he he picks and chooses when to say things. And I like that about Patrick because he's ahead of his time. He's very mature for a 25-year-old. Mo- mm-hmm. God damn it, 25, I can't imagine what I'd be saying if I, I was like that. I love how you said he's petty as fuck because I think when he throws his He's petty as fuck. Yeah, he's nice, kind of, nice. Because <laughs> I, I think when he throws uh, his fourth touchdown, like you said, he likes to hide his shit in there. He's gonna do the one. Oh two, yeah, three, God, four. I hope that happens. He's Holy gonna shit. do the one, two, three, four count. So I'm probably gonna go with what was it? Uh, option C. He gave us three options, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go with option C. I think it's gonna be more of a team. You know, so, congratulations the team, man. The team did great. It's you know, it's all about the team. You know, I think it's gonna be something like that to the to that magnitude. But like I said, stay tuned because in a couple weeks to a month or a couple months, you're gonna see Patrick like quote tweet something with an emoji. He's like, oh fuck, I know what he's meaning about that. Holy shit! I think he didn't say anything, but he's saying everything. I think he's gonna live tweet it while he's receiving his Super Bowl MVP trophy with the photo. Do you, think, do you think he's gonna? Do you think he goes social he's... media? Yeah. Okay. Do so you think he's gonna do it when? Uh... He's getting stripped. He's gonna have his world. tweet ready. He's had Brittany ready. He's had pretty ready with the, the red button. He's got, he's got a schedule. Sin. Full sin. As soon as the ref full the ref blows the whistle, the yeah. sin power yeah. off. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a it's, it's, off everything. It's gonna be no, it's gonna be a Patrick Mahomes. It's gonna be Patrick Mahomes nude with the trophy in front. <laughs> well, here here's another question. What about option D? The fact that he says option uh, D. <laughs> no, but think about it. What if he goes? Oh, by the way, we're having uh, our kids uh, being birthed right now, or some crazy right. shit like that. Like that's his next tweet. Right. Like I won a trophy and I got my ultimate prize. You know, like something clever like that. Because uh, according to according to reports, Brittany's very close to giving birth. I... Really? Are you sure? Absolutely. They're I... talking about. It. He goes. I'm hoping that she holds off until the uh, Super Bowl's over. I swear to God, I don't know. Look, how far we all know she what's is. more important right now. It's not the child. Brittany will understand. No, they, they've really been talking about how she's nearing the end, so hmm. please hold off, Brian. Yeah. Please, love of God, hold off, because I know Patrick's a fucking family man, so please just hold off. <laughs> He's already dealing without tackles. We can't deal without him. That child, can, Hitty can, only that do child so can wait. <laughs> Chad Hitty can only do so much. The baby's going to get him out of the When the ceremonies are going, Chad Hitty can cover from then. You know, he no, can do like the whole MVP honestly, trophy thing. all that matters to me is if that tweet exists. That's all that matters yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. That's all that matters to me, man. All right. Next question comes from Billy Hodge. Uh, hello, men and Eddie. Um, uh, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> you a bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. What did I do to Billy? Fuck. Billy. It's like, Eddie probably going against the Chiefs again. <laughs> God damn. Bro, you're I'm, turning your friends into foes, bro. I love Billy, bro. I, I'm sorry. I'm not biased. <laughs> My question is, what is your biggest concern for the Chiefs, and do you think the O-line will come up big? I, yeah, I do. I, look, if the Chiefs had to move forward for the rest of the like, – the play, let's say the playoffs were starting right now and they don't have Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, I'd be like, God dang it, man. This is going to be a long road because they're going to have to put together two or three games. They got one game left. They have two weeks to really conjure up whatever they can possibly get. And that, and that is – I think that's going to be Andy Reid's approach is, look – just give me everything you got for four quarters. I'm not asking you guys for four games. I'm asking for four quarters. Give me everything you give me, give me all you got. Give me I love everything you got. Everything you got. You know, like <laughs> give me that for just a, one game. And I think that's going to be the approach. And yes, I do think the offensive line is going to be surprisingly good in this game. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to get beat up in this game. I don't. I don't. I just. I think with Andy Reid being what is it, 27 and five in his career after a bye week, never he's never lost a game by the way, with Patrick Mahomes after a bye week, and they averaged 33 points a game 
after the bye week with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid together. They've never lost, and they score a fuck ton of points. So I think that, yes, you're going to see a, a bunch of them. What concerns me, though, is um, the inexperience, because although Luxurious Seed has been otherworldly, and I have full faith in Juan Thornhill's never played in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady maybe manipulating the secondary just a little bit with all of his experience, getting some big shot plays, beating them, burning them downfield. That's my that's if only, he's not under pressure. That is my only real concern. Outside of that, I really think the Chiefs are going to defuse a lot of things that we're just assuming the Buccaneers are going to go do. That you know, Levante David and all these extremely skilled linebackers are just going to eat up the middle of the field in the flat. I don't see that. I think the Chiefs are going to steam the shit out of that. So I, my only real concern is. If Tom Brady can access some deception against some of these younger guys that are playing in their first Super Bowl, which is a thing, it is a thing, that would be my ultimate concern. Outside of that, though, man, I'm really not tripping. Yeah, I mean, if the O-line is the biggest concern, I'm cool with that because Pat is the best at evading pressure and is the most successful quarterback at evading when evading pressure outside of the pocket or even inside of the pocket, moving up in the pocket. No one makes those, those extra, you know, difficult throws and, and plays and, and extending plays and making the most insane, you know, plays that you didn't even see even being a possibility. That's Patrick Mahomes. And he's proven it time and time again. And I have nothing but faith and trust in that guy. Um, the chiefs are just a better team all the way around outside of the, maybe the obviously pass rush defensively. The chiefs are better at everything else. And when you have that much of a dominant, and you're that much dominant on one side of, of as far as you're, you know, you're going down the list of who's better or what, Outside of pass rush, the Chiefs are better at everything. And matchups make fights. And this is a massive, massive mismatch overall as far as talent goes, On uh, as far as these two rosters going head-to-head. And as far as capabilities, like I said, man, I, I have nothing but full confidence. I had full confidence from the beginning of this postseason. This team has been prepping for this postseason since week one. Um, so... I, I fully trust Andy Reid having an extra week to prepare this offensive line. I think not only are, is our offensive line going to give it everything they got, I think I think I I just think that we're going to scheme this offense um, into a game plan and uh, to avoid the weaknesses of this, to not let those weaknesses be exploited by that defense of the Buccaneers because they're going to that defense of the Buccaneers is also going to give it everything they got. So I you know. When that defense is bringing, giving everything they got, our offensive line is going to give it everything they got. I think, I, I think, I think we're going to have a lot of rollout plays and a lot of avoiding the blitzes. Pa- <laughs> Which, by the way, if you don't get that damn reference, yeah. go watch "I Love You, Man" tonight. <laughs> like, lit, like, go watch that movie tonight. It's one of my favorite. His voice got high. Yeah, <laughs> Pistol Pete. <laughs> Thanks, Jobin. You know, like, go go watch it. Go watch "I Love You, Man." It's a great movie. Yeah. Just to let you guys know. Get, 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 get. All right. Last question comes from Donnie Couch. Hello, damn, man. Last question already? Yeah, yeah. Shit. Not that many yeah, man, liking us this week. It's Super Bowl week, damn it. Yeah, well, I mean. Maybe yeah. they're like, oh, these guys are going to be loudest or run their mouth all fucking night, you know? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hello, man of good faith and get. Uh, what are you guys eating during the Super Bowl? I was going to go with a five-layer dip. Yeah, oh. good call, Don. And first of all, shout out Gat. She's not here tonight, but she is uh, very important to us. Um Man, I, I don't really know what are we eating, Trevor, because, I mean, I think we got wings and shit like that. I think we're getting some chicken catered. I think we're doing canes or something like that. Yeah, so. that's, well, that sounds great. Uh, honestly, I think Trevor and I are going to get some pizza. We definitely like pizza during Chiefs games. Um, basically, any type some of kind of pork, Some kind of pie. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Thank you. I will be fasting all day uh, just in preparation. We'll, <laughs> we'll be celebra- uh, using celebratory beers like we do every time the Chiefs. A little bit of whiskey. Yeah, whiskey. Yeah. 
wheat. Uh, it's going to be yeah, heroin. Pretty much anything that is edible in front of me is going to be my food of choice in this game. I am a fat man by nature. I know I look chiseled, guys, but I promise you, there's a lot of extra going on on me, and uh, <laughs> it's gonna yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a bloodbath when it comes to whatever is on that table when we get to the party that we're going to be having with our brother Brandon. Mm. Uh, so pretty much yes. Uh, whatever, what am I? Have? Yes, that's yeah, what I'm going to have. Eating, I'm gonna have yes. all the food. Yeah, all yeah. of it. Yeah, and then Eddie, his family is making tacos. Oh yeah, and I might have to make my way over to the Ortiz household. House Ortiz. We're going to have a, cook, a taco cook off. Yeah. Oh Christ, dude, Mama Ortiz, yeah. she does not fuck around. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. Go challenge accepted. You want to talk about a goat? I challenge might put accepted. her above Patrick Mahomes. I'm just letting you know. Mama Ortiz, shout out. Never lets me leave the. Your guys' house without like a, a plate that's literally bursting at the seams. And that's a small plate. Exactly. And then she gets mad at you every time. She's yeah. like, "What the fuck, Eddie? You didn't give enough." Food. <laughs> like, what you true story. Yeah. True. Hey, that hot plate was. <laughs> well, I brought that back. Yeah. I brought that food back, and Trevor. I, I would take a shower. I come back up. Trevor's wiping the plate bro, off. I just had. Yeah, I just got done working out. I just got done working out. So I was like, "Oh, I was ready, bro." It's like, I come up, off guard. I come up. We got the last tortilla bit. He's just yeah. wiping that plate. Yeah. Like Christ, bro. That was like three pounds of food. My mom asked me like four times. It's never like, enough, but yes, I, I feel was like satisfied. at this point it's an obligation to make an appearance. You know what I mean? Like we have to do what's right. You know, so that's a great question, Donnie, because uh, that is a uh, ultimate send off to the Monday mailbag for the Super Bowl. Because we all know food is very important when it comes to football, especially Super Bowl. Yes. Christ, you ain't lying. Uh, what, what did we? What did we even eat last Super Bowl? I don't remember. I just remember I was getting drunk as fuck. Yeah, I was. Well, you guys were outside. Oh my you? god! I was embarrassing yeah. myself in front of my children. That's all was, I know. It was a surprisingly <laughs> mild night on yeah. uh, last Super Bowl. It was, like, it was, it was nice. like in the fifties. Yeah, like nice. I remember my shirt was off when we well, won. This Super Bowl is going to be in the sixteens. I think. It's definitely not going to be Florida yeah. weather. That's for sure. Well, it's actually ain't a bad thing because I might keep some people home. Seriously, in all seriousness, yeah. Yeah. you know, we don't need people out there doing a spread fest. Yeah. Let's see. Let's let's check the weather real quick. It's going to be a high of 21. Yeah, stay the fuck home, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Indoors. For your own like safety and don't get a cold. I mean, let alone COVID, for Christ's sake. But um, appreciate everybody in the Monday mailbag, man. That was awesome. Uh, we have one more order of business, guys. One second. Hold, Hold this I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold so, this L. It's time to hold this L each and every week. What we like to do here to finish off the show, to wrap up what we do here for several hours, that it seems we just cannot shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. We give out some friendly or not so friendly L's in the world of sports. I promise you guys, though, whoever gets them, whoever holds the L, 
deserves them. And there is no debating that. It's non-negotiable. Shut the fuck up. Listen to what we Hell can say. We gave you the Monday mailbag, and only like three people took it. So now you got to listen to us a little bit longer. <laughs> Eddie, who is holding the L this week, and why is it F- F1? It's not F1, actually. I almost said FS1. I'm like, well, they still got skipped. It's so They should be holding an L for sure. <laughs> <Con Coward. laughs> uh, ah, this is the herd. <laughs> This is your object. I'm going good. <laughs> All right, uh, my, my my L is going to go to uh, FC Barcelona uh, for the simple fact that they gave uh, a player probably mm. no the most massive contract I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Messi's made over 600 million in the past four years. That is just stupid. That's reckless. It's messy. It's messy. <laughs> exactly. Nice. I like it. So messy. <laughs> so uh, messy. It's stupid. Uh, they had an opportunity to get rid of that uh, before the season started, but they decided to tell Messi that, hey, uh, if you decide to leave us, we're going to sue you. And Messi was like, all right, I'll stay. I think I'll knew, kill you. I think Messi knew what he was gonna. We're gonna call Liam Neeson. I swear to yeah. God, we'll call Liam Messi. Neeson. Messi knew what he was doing when he when he when he agreed to say. He was like, "All right, yeah." It was like, "I'm, I'll stay." I know you guys are hurting for uh, money. Mm. They need that According status. to this, it's like the, this contract is your obligation to pay me, so you have to pay me regardless of anything. So, Barcelona had an opportunity to get rid of him, and they didn't. And now that they're suffering massive financial losses and they're struggling to pay Messi's contract, they're, they're like digging like in the deep, like deep in the barrel and they don't know how to, how to pay this man like his mm. salary. So, yeah, for that, for, for giving a reckless fucking contract to a player, you're going to have to hold this L. L. Trevor Tootle, who's holding the L for you this week? Mine's going to be quick. Uh, this is gonna, I'm just pulling off a Band-Aid here real quick. Um, when we did our predictions before the season started and season began, um, I know we've already shit on me enough about the Patriots pick and about how I had them uh, <laughs> in the AFC championship game. Uh, I was trying to be hot takey, and it failed. Um also failed again in the NFC pick here. Uh, I had the Buccaneers missing the playoffs. And not only did they not miss the playoffs, you know, they um, currently, as it, currently as it stands, the Buccaneers, as we all know, are in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and give this L to myself here for, you know, Kind of being a little off on my predictions there. I didn't really. I, a little. I I I I, I, want, I I knew it was a hot take to begin with because I internally I did believe that they would probably make the playoffs, but I did, did not think that this Buccaneers team would make the would make the Super Bowl. But here we are. Um, so with that, like I said, short and to the point. I'm going to give this L to myself. So Trevor Twidwell, your shitty predictions. Hopefully, do better next year. You're going to do me a favor, buddy, and. Hold this out. You know, it's amazing. Trevor actually kept his shirt on and didn't take a selfie while having to admit that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm impressed. You know, Trevor, the night's still young, Lance. It takes, it takes a real man. The night's know? still young. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mike Florio's a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not about right. I hate, I hate, man. I, I, this is the part about hold this L that I love and hate at the same time because we also have to give almost like this credence to morons. And Mike Florio is, like, an elite moron. Mm. If you don't know who Mike Florio is, you're not missing anything. But just in case you want to know and you're curious, 
He's basically the founder and operator of Pro Football Talk, which is a very popular uh, network slash now it's a TV show on NBC, uh, all football related talking. And it's it's Chris Sims saves the show. I watch yeah. every once in a while because I like Chris Sims's takes. I ha- man, I made the mistake this morning and turned on the damn show because I knew some bullshit was going to be said. And what do you fucking know? Mike Florio, they're talking about who they see could potentially win the MVP of the Super Bowl that are not quarterback related. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, I, I believe uh, Chris Sims maybe had mentioned Tyron, Tyron Matthew, which I like that pick a lot. Yeah. Um, he made that case. And then Mike Florio uh, and Chris Sims tar- started talking about Tyreek's ability because Tyreek absolutely snapped against the Buccaneers, had had that exact same game in Week 12 happen in the Super Bowl, Tyreek Hill would be completely up for consideration as the Super Bowl MVP. I would say Travis Kelsey before Tyreek, but yeah. This is uh, Mike Florio's response to Chris Sims theorizing about Tyreek Hill being oh, a potential boy. candidate. Here's why I think he won't win MVP. I think he's got enough baggage. Sorry, Chiefs fans, and I don't like hearing it, but he's got baggage that will keep the sports writers who are voting on MVP from voting for him. They'll skew toward Mahomes if Hill has the kind of numbers that would justify it. I just feel like the human dynamic will take over in that moment, and they won't want to see him be the Super Bowl MVP. I don't have a vote. Yeah, you don't have a fucking boat. And I wonder why that is, Florio. I wonder why that is. It's probably because of the fact that you make ignorant-ass statements like this. And this is not the first time over the last few weeks you've been saying this. I know you want to die on a hill, literally, a Tyreek Hill. I know you want to die on a hill of you (laughs) thinking you're right about this man. And you want to talk about baggage. The only baggage that you that Tyreek Hill has is the body bag he put you in when you tried to make these accusations that he was proven innocent, you fucking clown. What do you need to see? What evidence do you have, Florio, that suggests that the real evidence is false? This is in the same class as the people that thought the election was stolen. It's that ridiculous. It's absurd. It's obnoxiously dumb. It's a personal vendetta. It's a personal, yes, exactly, because he said himself, if Tyreek Hill, and this is quotable, if Tyreek Hill ever plays in the NFL level again, I'll retire. Maybe that would have been the better action for you instead of making stupid-ass remarks like this on national television, my dude. Because this... This doesn't I, – I, I don't even know how somebody who is as connected as he is in the league can still believe something this asinine. Now I really hope Tyreek gets it. You know what? Yeah. Now, <laughs> Fuck now, it. I, I mean, really hope he gets it. Obviously, from a legacy standpoint, I'd love to see Patrick get it. That would be amazing to get two Super Bowl MVPs. No I think there's only five guys in the history of the NFL that have ever done that. Yep. But Tyreek Hill has literally – unless you can prove me otherwise – there is zero evidence to suggest that this man did anything he was accused of. The only reason, and I can't believe I'm going down the hill, down this rabbit hole rather, the only reason he was even put in motion with the court proceedings is because of the fact he didn't have the money back in 2014 as a college student to fight it. He had a public defender. He had no real defense, so he had to, he had to take the plea deal. If he would have had money at that time, and Eddie, you went to college for this stuff. You know what this all is all about. Yeah. That's the only reason he took the plea deal. He was not guilty. He just had to do that because he had – otherwise he's going to jail. Yeah. He had no other options. He had no he other options. If, if he went to jail, there goes his shot at playing football. So, yeah, what, what, a, what a piece of shit, man. I'm being serious. Like, I know we're, we joke and so on, hold this <laughs> up, but what a piece of shit you have to be 
to sit here and try to bring up someone's past that doesn't even exist. It's been proven wrong. It's been there. The woman did all of this to fuck Tyreek Hill's life, and it didn't work. And instead of seeing that and seeing how good of a guy this this man's been, as good of a father as he's been to his son, you're gonna sit here and still hold on to that in 2021. You're a fucking buffoon, man. And and, and it, it just sucks that people like that have a platform. It really fucking does, man. Because you're out here spreading misinformation. Because if you go and look at any Tyreek Hill tweet or any tweet about Tyreek Hill, scroll through the mentions. You still got idiots talking about that shit. And it's because of people like Florio spreading the misinformation. Just shut the fuck up, man. Do me a favor before you shut the fuck up and hold oh, this L. Jose Canseco just got knocked out. <laughs> nice. Did he shit himself? Was it because of my statement? No, he uh, he fought a uh, 21-year-old Barstool Sports intern, Billy Football. Mm, yeah, I heard about that. And he actually got knocked out in 15 seconds. Uh, when's the, when, <laughs> oh, when's, when's the asteroid hitting us? I just I just want to know. Like, <laughs> This is the kind of shit that's happening in he our world. He lasted 15 seconds. Well, we got a runner-up L for us there. <laughs> yeah. Jose can say. I was Jose Canseco. <laughs> yeah, I'll be Nomo. You be Jose Canseco. Come on, liar, liar. You guys got to oh, know yeah, that, man. Baseball stuff. <laughs> Baseball stuff. We're not Everyone's quotes been real nice to me. I'm not doing that one. <sighs> Poor Jose Canseco. Hey, you know what? Let's do it. For my time's sake, let's just do it. Jose Canseco, do us a favor and hold, hold this L. He got dropped by an intern at Barstool Steroids did his body good. Good God, man. And he's still like obsessed with A-Rod. It's hilarious. Mm. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for the night, guys. I think so. We have a Super Bowl to watch. Man. Donnie Couch is going to have a fiber layer dip. Trevor and I, I'm going to have a yes. Uh, I'm going to mm. have whatever it is that comes in front of me. Face, uh, fo- food. All right, food. Oh, mm. Shut up. Um, <laughs> we're, and, and honestly, guys, I, I just hope everyone, is, in all seriousness, enjoys this. Every Chiefs fan that's listening to this, yes, enjoy, be safe. Try not to get in big, large crowds and stuff like that, guys. Try to be very responsible with your health. Obviously, like I said, guys, and embrace this moment, though, man, because although I think we all anticipate that the Chiefs are going to be around in a dynasty form for, for some years, this stuff isn't guaranteed, man. And, and we really should you know, enjoy this time back-to-back, man, an opportunity to go back-to-back for the first time for any team since 2004. I mean, 2004, yeah. what the fuck were we doing in 2004? That was 17 years ago. Yeah. I mean, think about that. I was that. like in seventh, what, seventh grade, eighth grade? Eddie, you were like 43 at that time. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Like, think about it. You were that young at one time, Eddie. No, but to, just to think about it, man. Like, this stuff does not come around very often. We were lucky enough to have Andy Reid for, for Clark Hunt to go and get Andy and Andy to go get Brett Veach and then for Brett Veach to suggest Patrick Mahomes and then they build this now going to be a budding dynasty. It's a great time to be alive, baby. Enjoy it. Enjoy that victory have sex. Fun. Enjoy yes. all your victory sex and, uh, you know, in nine months, safe, safe sex. In nine months, there better be a bunch of little Lance kids named Lance yes. in dedication to me. Yes. For saying these things in Kansas City or wherever the hell you guys are listening to this. We have listeners Lots of in Ireland. It's badass. So anyway, guys, um, great show, fun times. I really want to appreciate I really want to say thank you for all of our listeners, streamers, YouTubers, all you guys for everything you do for us. This keeps it fun. This keeps it going. Thank you for everybody in the Monday mailbag. Thanks to Clay Windler for KCPN, Gat, everybody that helps run this thing, you make this thing what it is. So for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, I am Lance Twidwell. Episode 102 of the Spoken Podcast is done. The next time you hear our voices on this podcast, the Chiefs will be two-time champions. Hey, yo. Back to back, baby. Run it back. Later. Hey, yo.
We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the spoke. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Señora, ¿me está diciendo que un tren le pegó a una camioneta? Sí, yo pensé que alcanzaría a cruzar, el hijo iba rápido, creo, y después... ¡Ay, Dios mío, qué horror! No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitzah.